You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and MERPS. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast, Murder a Castle Nathria Arena Card Review Stream Podcast VOD, whatever. This is Abukta. This is Murps. Uh, congratulations, you actually got the name right. I thought it was Zero Shot. You actually said Nathria. That was. A I did say Nathria. I, if you notice, I corrected the tab on our spreadsheet that used to say Narathia. To not na- na- to Nathria like half an hour ago. Yeah, I was like, I, I was shocked. Good job. All right. <laughs> uh, step one down for this very very long ordeal that we are about to have. If you guys know our reviews, it usually takes a while. So strap yourselves in. Mm-hmm. Preemptive thank you to all the mods and everybody here. But we're gonna get started. Murder at Castle Nathria is the latest expansion. It is hitting Hearthstone this upcoming Tuesday, August 2nd. Uh, so that means we're recording Sunday afternoon. We know all the cards. We're going to go through all of them. And they released the cards super early this they, time. They did. They released them it very, was really very nice. early on. So the process normally works. Like I math out the cards and then I send them all to Murps. And then he does his review of the cards and sends them back, and then we do that. So I did my first review of the cards, actually, on my trip in Mongolia. Like, in the grasslands of Mongolia with, in a, like, UNESCO World Heritage Preserve thing in a gear. Because the, they didn't kick the people off when they made it a preserve, so there's some people still there on gears. And it's just nothing all around. I have, like, these excellent pictures. But anyway, that's where I reviewed these cards. Um, so, you know, if, if goats and sheep and horses got extra points, that's probably why. Okay, so new expansion is coming out. We got all the juicy card reviews, but before we go to the S tier cards and A tier cards and all of those scores that you all love to find out and argue and, and tell us why we're wrong, we gotta talk about the rotation. What cards oh, are yes. leaving, what cards are coming in, and overall, because of the new sets, what the feel of the meta might be. Because once again, if you guys remember, let's just take a quick snapshot of what has happened the past few months and what the meta is right now. I think the best description of the current meta right now today, Sunday, July 31st, uh, 2022, is it's kind of a fiesta meta. Because the latest patch undid or you know un- unwound basically a lot of the micro adjust that they did, uh, getting rid of some real powerful cards for example venomous scorpid is a card again it's back it's back uh a lot of the things that matt is it fully back or is it just like a little back no it's like fully back oh god so yeah it's it's a fiesta meta once again people are drafting rbos right you Uh will see venomous scorpid uh you know you're gonna see night captains all of the stuff that they basically micro adjusted out of the meta if you see a night captain uh you know, a, a couple weeks before, it was like, oh, wow, they were unlucky enough to get a Night Captain. And now if you see a Night Captain, it's like, oh, yeah, it's a common card, right? Um, and that's sort of what, what happened. So 
Right now, Wait. it is currently really? the Fiesta. I'm looking at an HS replay right now. It's not. The rates are haven't gone up for Night Captain. I, I don't know specifically about Night Captain. Okay. I know Scorpion. It's just uh, like Mothership hasn't gone up. Night Captain hasn't gone up. Scor well, they undid the Discover. So yeah. Scorpid is back up. So Scorpid, Scorpid used to is be definitely back up. so Scorpid used to be twenty six percent, and then they nerfed it the first round, and it became fourteen percent. And then they did the big discover nerf of everything, and it became one percent. And now it's back to fourteen percent. So they undid the latest nerfs, but not the ones from before that, right? So Night Captain is still down because it was nerfed uh, before. Or actually, even and Night Captain was nerfed second round too, but it it stayed down because it's not a discover reversion. So they just reverted the Discover cards. Gotcha. And maybe some okay. other things. But it's not so, everything that they did in the latest round of, of killing. Like, I guess Colossals and Discover is what they reverted. Yes. Uh, you, you do see the Colossals as well. So let's talk about how this upcoming rotation, which, remember, happens on Tuesday, so it's right around the corner, will change the meta. The current expansions in the meta are Core, Boomsday Project, Descent of Dragons, Forge in the Barrens, United in Stormwind, Fractured in Alteric Valley, and Voyage to the Sunken City, including the Throne of Tide mini set. And instead of these sets, we are getting replaced by Core, once again, One Night in Karazhan, Rastakhan's Rumble, uh, Saviors of Old Doom. Skull and Mance Academy, Madness at the Dark Moon Fair, and of course, the new expansion, Murder at Castle Nathria. So one thing that you want to look at immediately is, wow, we are really taking sort of a, a step back into the past. Because the mm -hmm. meta that we are currently in, other than the Boomsday Project, these are all powerful recent sets with very good cards. So let's just go through some of the, the standouts that are leaving so these are all from the current sets first of all if you want to talk about descent of dragons a lot of dragon synergies and discovers are taken away i think a lot of people will be generally pretty happy about this uh i think whenever descent of dragons is in descent of dragons is one that was problematic when it first came out and it has only become more problematic with the discover enabling things uh, that are present in the most recent expansions as well. So Descent of Dragons is something that has, that was bad when it first came out, and then people got tired of Twin Tyrant, and then it just sort of became worse as it became incorporated into recent expansions as well. With Forged in the Barrens, you're taking away some real powerful neutral cards, uh, and especially powerful early game cards that made early game tempo uh, easier you know I, it, the meta always depends on exactly the offering rates and everything but if you look at fortune the barons you know you had uh, ectoplasm you had sunwell initiate right two premium three drops we have venomous scorpid which you know is can be micro adjusted into oblivion obviously and then you know that can be reverted as well um, but you're, you're taking away a lot of these very strong early game cards mm -hmm. that you will see, for example, when we get to some weak sets like Karazhan and Rastakhan's Rumble, they are not being replaced by any card of, of the same degree. Yeah. yeah, like when you're talking about these old sets, they, they basically don't exist. They're just filler and they just lower your quality of your deck and you're going to get a little more variance, but they don't really matter. 
right? Like, what matters are the later sets that get added in. Yep. So, let's move on to United and Stormwind. This was actually kind of a tame set, you know. Uh, Sneeds is going to be gone, Sneeds Masterpiece, which, mm-hmm. once again, a lot of it was, like, Mech Discovers, right? And then, of course, um, there are many ways to discover mechs. Voyage to the Sunken City made Sneeds worse. If you remember, Voyage to the Sunken mm-hmm. City had many ways to discover mechs. You also had, like, Amalgam of the Deep, which lets you discover, basically, dragons and mechs and whatever you wanted. Nagas as well. So... You know, Sneeds is out, but it was also a meta that enabled Sneeds. Morg Forge Fiend is out, you know, just a big taunt that gave you armor as well. I think mm-hmm. pretty important for United and Stormwind, tradable stuff is gone. And yeah. that is something that I th- a lot of people might not really notice in too many games, the effect of tradable. But tradable really improved the consistency of your deck as well. And this mm-hmm. is going to be a theme that we see. Um, I'll preview it right now. Uh, discovering uh, is one of the aspects that improves the quality and consistency of your deck, right? It improves the power level and also the consistency. Tradable is also one that improves sort of like the, the consistency of your deck as well, right? A lot of times mm-hmm. you c- you're able to trade into, you just have more access to a lot of the more powerful stuff with tradable being gone and with discovers taking a hit uh the basically are are they taking a hit they are taking a hit in terms of the cards oh the cards that are coming in are not as well on discover also leaving also the discover cards that are coming in are more limited in sort of either the initial stats they give or the pool that they're pulling from for example One, like, you know, instead of Venomous Scorpid, we have, like, Volpera Scoundrel, right? But also, Volpera Scoundrel is an epic. Volpera Scoundrel Mm. also does not have poison attached to it. Yes, instead you get a mystery box, which I know some people are like, ooh, a mystery box, that's better than anything. Uh, You get extra face damage. Another great example is Golden Scarab, right? Like, that you Mm. discover a four. Ooh. These are things that like yes you still have discovers coming in but the overall power level of those discovers is not nearly as high for example and for some class discovers as well like ruined orb is going out right like Mm -hmm. that is just such a powerhouse small card with big potential for mages so that's one of those themes that you will see as well trade you know tradable cards are gone so no more rust rot viper no more royal librarian no more traveling merchant and you are missing all these ridiculously powerful and flexible discovers that typically discover from a really good pool so Mm -hmm. like uh so that is something that you will feel immediately okay let's move on to the next set which is fractured and alteric valley no more bunker sergeant Bunker Sergeant, you know, a card that has defined the meta for so long, um, that's gone, along with Ram Commander. I think when you think of Bunker Sergeant, you always think of Ram Commander. These are mm. two that go hand in hand, you know, and really... It's the pings, like, yeah, not just pings. those, but you haven't gotten to the set yet, but, like, Reef Walker's leaving, too. It's all these easy pings that are all going away. So, those are leaving Corporal... Night Captain, uh, mm-hmm. Troll Centurion. These are all staples for the neutral cards that are leaving. No more RBO. 
Raid Boss Anixia is no more. Uh, now, uh, you, you know, Raid Boss Anixia, it, this isn't one of those things where like, oh, you, you take away Raid Boss Anixia, everything is fixed, but I think some people will be very happy about it. Let's talk about some of the class cars that are gone as well, because Fractured and Alteric Valley, if you remember that review, it seems so long ago, uh, it introduced some of the most powerful class cards really we have ever seen. So Rune mm -hmm. of the Archmage is gone. And for those mm -hmm. of you happy or sad about it, you should be also happy slash sad that Box of Yogg-Saron is back in. So uh, Rune is gone, uh, Box of Yogg is back in. But Templar Captain is leaving. Uh, two of the most obnoxious cards, in most people's opinion, for Shaman are leaving in Wildpaw Cavern and Snowfall Guardian. Okay. Bloodseeker is gone from Hunter. Rip Hunter. I guess Hunter will never be good again. No, uh, no and hope for Hunter. Also, Scale of Anixia is leaving for Druid, a card that really, really, you know, along with Miracle Growth, defined the Druid meta for mm -hmm. so long when it first came out. If you guys remember that, where Druid just dominated and you just couldn't beat them, right? Like, unnerfed Miracle Growth with Scale of Anixia, what are you supposed to do? They have unlimited uh, card advantage, initiative, etc. And then, of course, we have Voyage to the Sunken City leaving. Just one word, Colossals, mm -hmm. right? Voyage of the Sunken City certainly had tons and tons of very powerful non-legendary minions, but due to the power level of colossal minions and the additional ways that you could generate colossal minions, whether it was Ambassador Phelan or Queen Ashara, right? And you can trigger these pretty easily. Like, you can get a dredge for the Phelan. Uh, you are able to get the spells to trigger the Queen Ashara. Um, colossal minions were everywhere, and you would see them in tons and tons of games. So, no more colossal minions. I think so many people will be happy about that because there's only so many ways to play around a Leviathan, to play around a Gigafin. It's just super duper tough. Uh, additionally, uh, with Voyage leaving, you know, you don't have uh, Dredge, right? You you don't have Dredge cards. So once again, no tradable. Mm -hmm. No, uh, you know, like th this really downgrade in power and consistency in the discovers, right? And no dredge. You're kind of more stuck with the hand that you got. This is going to be, you know, one of those things that you feel. Because with the metas that we have seen recently, you're used to your hand not being your hand. Um, and especially in like the, uh, the Taverns of Time meta in which you have Possibility Seeker, right? Possibility Seeker just like also uh put that into overdrive like your hand doesn't have to be your hand you can trade stuff you can dredge up something you you, you can just you, your hand is so much bigger than what you see your hand is going to be much more limited once we get into the newest meta now there's certainly going to be very powerful cards but you're going to feel this even though you're going to have generation from stuff like skullamance and Anytime Skullmance is in, you're going to have a lot of generation. But I think what we have now in today's meta, and part of the reason people call it such a fiesta meta, is is because of this. Like you have access to so much stuff uh, because of discovers, tradables, um, and also dredge. But 
Lastly, for Voyages of Sunken City, uh, no more divers. No more mothership. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are going to be happy about this. The divers were just a core piece of the meta as well. You know, Gangplank Diver uh, was a pretty polarizing card. You know, not always consistently the best card, but it could run away with games. Pelican Diver was great. And uh, Slime Scale was fantastic. You know, just one of the best three drops mm -hmm. we've kind of ever had. So these are the powerful powerful cards that are are, are, are are you going to ignore the number one performing card in neutral in this set you're just gonna gloss over mothership i i, I talked about mothership did you not hear me i actually said mothership oh okay just are wanted you to that make sure far we, gone? we talk about mothership what the heck it's very important to me that we talk about mothership Okay, we talked about Mothership. I said that it's gone. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the, the key takeaway besides that Mothership is gone and it will be a better meta for it, um, just no matter what they do, is that the sets leaving are generally standard. And the sets coming in are generally... I mean, they're all not standard besides the new set. So this power level discrepancy, like Mertz is talking about the consistency, right? Which is something you're going to feel, but beyond the consistency, just the, the huge power level dip where Skullamance and Dark Moon Fair are your best sets. Uh, that's that's going to be huge. Like I know in our minds, we probably think Skullamance is a pretty good set, right? Dark Moon Fair had some powerful cards. No. Compared to the last two sets, they do not. They, they, they are they are okay sets. They're not dead sets like Karazhan, but they're only okay. And Murder at Castle Anathria did not have to do any kind of power creep in order to stand out in this meta. Like, yep. you are just going to be seeing Nathria cards all over the place because all of them are going to be picked all the time because that's... It's the only standard set coming in. Yeah, um, look... Murder at Castle Nathria. We don't have to talk about the specific cards, but I don't think uh, anybody will be surprised to know that it it just completely blows away some of these older sets. And let's talk about these older sets. So, yeah, Core is coming back. We don't have to talk about Core. That stays the same. One Night in Karazhan is coming back. Now, let me give you a, a snapshot of what this set involves. The best, some of the best neutral cards we're seeing are stuff like Pompous Thespian, Violet Illusion. <laughs> so just like vanilla cards with a tiniest bit of upside, right? Mm. And when you get to bad cards, we have stuff like, I. it breaks my heart. You know I love this card. But we get to stuff like Pantry Spider, you know? We, we get to my boy Pantry Spider. <laughs> It's oh no, is this one of those sets where I'm going to have to take Pantry Spider? I took so Whenever the hell Pantry Spider was last in the meta, I took so many Pantry Spiders. And they were terrible every time, but they were the best option so many times. They, they were, hey, they, look, and when you drop them, oh. they're like, you know what, this, this wasn't the, the, the worst. This wasn't, uh, this wasn't the worst. But class cards from One Night in Karazhan, if you remember, One Night in Karazhan was a small set. So mm -hmm. two that like really kind of stand out, or really just one that stands out, Firelands Portal, which in 2022, mm -hmm. you're like, this is what I should get for, for seven mana. Like it's, deal it's five damage bad. and get a random. Yeah, right? You're like, okay, this is, you know, you definitely take it. And I think you'll take it over, uh, you know, some other cards. 
Uh, but it's definitely not the auto pick, right? When Firelands Portal first came out, it was like, okay, you take Firelands Portal, and maybe you think about like the the fifth or sixth one, like maybe you think about it. Um, right now, you look at Firelands Portal, and it's just like, okay, well, let's take a good, honest look. Is it up against a Castle Nathria card? And mm-hmm. if it is, you know, what card is it up against? Um, seven mana for five damage, and then a random five drop is just kind of like, okay, that is exactly what I should get for seven mana. Like, That's exactly what I should get. Yeah, like, it's just what I mean. This is exactly what you should get for seven mana. I, I just did some, some quick math, so don't hold me to it, but... I'm pretty sure this card is like a B, if not a C plus. It's probably a B. It's probably a B, which is like, good. That's, a B that's, is good. It, it's good, but in the current standard, like the cards that you're worried about, it's not even a B plus. It's not even close to a B plus. It's like closer, much closer to a C plus than a B plus. Right. Like, we're, we're we're not talking like Ram Commander here, you know, like the ultra powerful card that is Ram Commander. We're we're, we're talking about like something closer to a Yeti than a Ram Commander. Well, so think of it this way. Um, if Firelands Portal was at a B, that would make it uh, a, a small slash decent amount worse than Night Captain, right? And I think most uh, people would worse. agree with that. Way worse than Night Captain. I mean, it's significant. But yeah, it's it's it would be worse than Night Captain. Uh, and I think people are like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's like, of would you rather have Firelands Portal or Night Captain? I think you'd obviously rather have Easy Night, Night Captain. Captain. Right? Um, so that's coming back, uh, and and really, Firelands Portal is kind of the only card that is super notable. Mm-hmm. So, so really weak set. Let's talk about the next set, Rastakhan's Rumble. Which, if you remember at that time, Rastakhan's Rumble was weak even at mm-hmm. that stage. Mm-hmm. So there was really only a couple standouts. We can talk about the class first. Mass Hysteria is back, so just really annoying ways for priests to be priests. Um, and we also have a baited arrow, like which is once again just mm. okay. Like you know, that's kind of what you once again what you should get right for the mana. And if you compare that to the hunter cards that are coming back, you're like, oh, th- th- this is uh, this is just not that good. Dragon Ball Scorcher is back, and Dragon Ball Scorcher is legit. Like it's it's fine, right? Uh, you will take that. The one damage AOE is totally fine. Ticket Scalper is back. Haha. I remember uh I, I know well, a lot of people it's, be like, it's terrible now. <laughs> I mean it is terrible. It is actually uh, a trash tier card. Uh but it's just it's just sort of funny because Ticket Scalper. Yeah. Uh let's talk about Saviors of Oldham and really let's just talk about Puzzle Box of Yogg-Saron, one of the most beloved cards of all time that is coming back. And if you know mages at all, you know they will find ways to discover it, to play it, to stall. And that is one of the things with this meta as well. It's going to be slow. It's Mm going to be hard to be fast. I can't say that for certain because the devs have such a heavy thumb on the scale, if they want to, in order to shift the meta however they want. No, it's going to be slow. With the way that the meta is looking, it is certainly going, seems like it's going to be slow. So all these big payoff, big bomb cards uh, are going to be notable because they're going to be played because you're going to have time to get played. Now, 
Let's move to uh, the two sets that are really mm. interesting here: Skull and Man's Academy and Madness of the Dark. So, so there, if you look at the the years, right? Like mm -hmm. Skull and Man's Academy and Madness of the Dark Moon Fair are both in the same year cycle, and that's the year that just rotated out. So that is the most relevant of the sets that are here. Remember, zero standard sets besides the new set coming in. So those are your power sets, and, and, and they're not that powerful compared to current sets. So let's talk about the cards that are coming back, and then we can talk about what this means for the meta. So Skullman's Academy, whenever you think of Skullman's Academy, I think you have to think of this set of neutral cards that really define Skullman's Academy and put such a strong mark on the meta. That's Broomstick, Fishy Flyer, Smug Senior, Onyx Mage Scribe, Plagued Proto Drake, and Steward of Scrolls. I think we're all in agreement that like whenever these cards are back you see these a lot and these have a huge huge impact and what do they do they drag the game on they like mm -hmm. cards like broomstick fishy flyer and smug senior uh mm -hmm. the three cards that i'm talking about they prolong the game right well, okay smug i'm not sure about broomstick well, what they for do for the prolonging the game part no well broomstick allows you to have this initiative like that's mm -hmm. the thing like and the thing I see with Broomstick as well is, like, it just solves a lot of these problems, right? Like, what does Bunker Sergeant and Ram Commander effectively mm. do, and why mm -hmm. are they so valuable? It's because, okay, in order to win with really good cards and bombs, you have to, jot this down, not lose. Broomstick Smart. is great at not losing, right? And the value of not losing is higher than ever because in order for you to just be able to play your bomb or just have time to like you know cobble together one of your combos and you better have a combo you better have a combo these days um because if you don't and you're just playing vanilla like that doesn't get it done right so and if you've noticed these days especially if you're playing a vanilla deck if you don't have a sick win condition if you don't have like a sick combo uh and if you're just playing like pretty decent stats for the cost turn after turn you, you lose you you like a hundred percent lose there's so no way you think, win with that i don't think it's going to be as much like that as the previous meta because sure. the, the the sets that were doing a lot of that are all out those are the standard sets and yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm saying this is wasn't why really like, like that right and neither really was dark moon fair dark moon fair was a little more like that no but the the real combo potential here is going to be in nathria that, yes. This whole set there's, is like combo. There's combo potential there. So, one thing to note about Skullman's Academy is that together with Madness of the Dark Moon Fair, these were the two sets that together made uh, Demon Hunter just terrible. Made mm. Demon Hunter a complete plague on the arena because Skullman's Academy had Ancient Void Hound plus Cycle of Hatred, and Madness at the Dark Moon Fair had Expendable performers oh. so cycle of hatred and expendable performers are both back in the meta right now like All we've right. had they're metas. gonna get nerfed to hell immediately <laughs> yeah immediately like your first week or your first four days is going to be demon hunter being like 60 percent win rate just because and then they're gonna get nerfed those two cards cycle of hatred and expendable performers still remain uh two of the most powerful cards to ever exist in the arena so 
those cards are really good. Now, it is potentially balanced by slight preview. A lot of the bad cards that Demon Hunters are getting, but we should nope, see. Nope, not, um, that's not how, not balanced. We can't balance performers. That, no amount of bad cards balances performers. Remember that all the study cards are coming back for Skull and Man's Academy, so that is some additional flexibility. Discovers. Blessing of Authority is back for Paladins. Uh, Paladins continue to be very annoying. Madness of the Dark Moon Fair is defined by corrupt mechanic, which mm -hmm. if you guys don't remember, it, you have to play something that has higher cost in order to corrupt it. And once you corrupt the card, it gains some uh, an additional stats or uh, additional ability. So you have stuff like Circus Medic, Carnival Clown, Dark Moon Dirigible, and Fleet Hoof Pearl Tusk coming back. I think those are the mm -hmm. ones that people see the most often. Yeah. And then you have uh, just super duper solid uh, cards such as Claw Machine coming back. And the the sort of uh, super standout is Derailed Coaster, which you guys remember uh, yes. was really good in the previous meta and has only gotten better because of the infused mechanics. So Derailed Coaster is now really good. Oh, that's right. Derailed Coaster yeah. does synergize very well with the upcoming infused mechanic. Yes. So As does Performers. As does Performers. I know. Performers is disgustingly good now. Performers is like the best <laughs> I love how Chaz is like, oh, but like the new Demon Hunter cards suck. I'm like, I don't care. Performance exists. Performance exists and, and it's over. Like, I don't care how much you dilute it. You gotta actually nerf the offering rate. So... Madness of the Dark Moon Fair uh, also introduced some real powerful class cards such as Arbor Up. You know, mm -hmm. Arbor Up, one of mm -hmm. the most powerful cards. That was the first S tier card we rated because that was the first set that went into our new system. Yeah, it, uh, Arbor Up, I mean, continues to be amazing. A lot of it depends on what they give to Druid as well, right? Uh, hysteria is back. So we're in a meta in which priests have mass hysteria as well as hysteria Yay. have fun with that uh, enjoy that guys dunk tank is back for shaman um mm. just one of the most powerful aoe clears like yeah pure damage cards we've ever seen as well like just super duper good right so and then of course we have the murder at castle nathrae cards which we will talk about what does that really mean well the games are going to go long because there's going to be a lot of delay in the value and power that mm -hmm. you get so here is everything that will delay the game and push you to want to delay the game number one we have the corrupt mechanic right like we talked about uh number two we have the spell burst cards like for example your mm -hmm. onyx mage scribe right and then we haven't even begun talking about the new mechanics and the two mm -hmm. big new mechanics that are really going to push the game longer are infuse that we talked about so infuse is a mechanic in which anytime a minion dies on your side it infuses the card in your hand if it's infused three three things on your side of the board need to die if it's like infuse five well five things need to die for this extra effect to trigger additionally we have location cards location cards are cards that can be played for their mana cost and then they just mm -hmm. stay there. It's kind of like an enchantment, right, in Magic. Yeah, it's sort of yeah. like an enchantment in Magic in which it it's stays there. It's like a weapon there. in Hearthstone. Right, a weapon, yeah. And then you are able to use that effect for however many charges, however many, you know, yeah, charges the location has, with the uh, caveat that 
once you use a charge of a location there is a one turn cooldown so you can't if you use it on this turn you can't use it on the next turn and then you can use it on the turn after that uh, so locations are one of those uh, cards that you will see some of them are very very powerful but they mm -hmm. take a while right mm -hmm. so you have these cards that are slow and want you to take your time with them and i think both sides will be incentivized in order to do it now the counterpoint is like oh well if everybody's going slow well can you go fast and we saw a little bit of that shift right with this previous meta in which people were able to be tempo possible i think mm -hmm. that was the term that we used and look at the end of the day a lot of it comes down to exactly what the offering odds are exactly what adjustments they are going to make because blizzard has shown that they are not afraid to make very dramatic adjustments but from the onset from everything that we're talking about here man it's going to be tough it's, it's it's going to be tough too because and this is like the inconspicuous cars that sneak through that actually affect the meta uh, a lot what was that four drop the the reborn four drop that's coming back that's a two five taunt reborn from from oldham because uh, because oldham has the reborn mechanic I'm, i think it's it's the neutral card bone, bone rate. rate thank you coast from uh from from chat um, like cards like that, right? They do what what uh, what cards like Tar Creeper did in prior metas, which is just act as a stopper that really, really stacks the deck against these kinds of tempo plays. And Bone Wraith is still a really good card, and you're going to take it, and it's a common neutral. So we're talking about a lot of the cards that are more powerful than Bone Wraith, but Bone Wraith is going to be a sneaky good card in this set if tempo ever starts to become tempo possible like bone rate will make it tempo impossible yeah look it's just pretty tough for um for kind of tempo possible decks to be possible as well mm -hmm. if you look at sort of everything that that you're that you're going up against right you have really weak early game cards because you don't have sun will initiate anymore you don't have like yeah. uh ectoplasm Instead, you have Violet Illusionist and Pantry Spiders. Things. So, Bubbler. <laughs> you, you don't have Bubbler. This is true. Um, meanwhile, you do have uh, good cards that have initiative, right? Like Blizzard, for mm -hmm. a lot of these sets, they're not afraid to print some pretty good removals. They are yeah. afraid of printing a Zombie Chow understandably so right like we, this was we, this was the the skullamance era right like this is like what you will always remember and know from skullamance is that it was not tempo possible it was very tempo impossible and skullamance always had the answers and skullamance always had the endless card advantage and whenever skullamance is in you have that and these other sets like we, we went over and right? none of them do anything um except for uh, maybe dark moon fair and Dark Moon Fair is corrupt, so to the extent that Dark Moon Fair adds any kind of tempo possibleness, that's delayed tempo possible. So, remember, we have a lot of power going out. Your mm -hmm. consistency slash access to power is going to go down uh, because of the sets that are leaving and the sets that are coming in, number one. But number two, because you don't have tradable cars anymore you don't have dredge right your discovers the cars that discover 
you know, the body itself is going to be worse and the pool that you discover from is also going to be worse. So that is going to go down. Now, it is being replaced by some nice value cards from Skullman's Academy and Madness at the Dark Moon Fair, but you're definitely going to feel it because you can't avoid that occasional pantry spider. You can't avoid the mm. occasional, you know, just just C tier card from Rastakhan's Rumble. It's going to be really tough, you know, just a decent card from Saviors of Oldham. So the game is going to be slow you will want to take advantage of infuse you want to take advantage of corrupt you want to take advantage of these things because remember when whenever you have a meta such as this you know we are going to have similarities to what we call like the parrot meta right in which it's like sure this takes time that's fine i will play in a way that gives me the best uh sort of pathway to get there right and i will try to outvalue um don't blindly <laughs> just like get cards trade do all of this stuff a lot of times by putting some pressure on your opponent you are taking away a decent amount of cards that's also mm -hmm. an advantage that you should be pushing but man it's gonna be it's gonna be tough okay uh if you want to just blindly push face the tools just aren't yeah. there yet and if a meta like that pops up it'll be because blizzard has done something fairly dramatic not because of the natural state of these sets yeah but the natural state of the sets is not like when you think skull man's it's slow yeah it's slow but it's more like it's swingy too it's not just slow and especially when you add some of the new cards that we'll go over uh, on the infused side, but also with the corrupt side. Uh, these are delayed power, but they're delayed tempo power a lot of times. So you get these really big swing turns where you drop your 8-8 uh, eight, eight rush for 5 mana, where you you know do your infused cards that have their special ability triggered from the infused because you've you know, held it for a while. And those oftentimes do translate into tempo so it's not that tempo doesn't exist it's just that on curve tempo isn't really going to exist instead you're going to deal with a lot of swing tempo and what swing tempo does is it encourages you to go face the next turn once you get the tempo if your opponent can't remove it so games aren't going like when we say the game is slow i don't want people imagining that you're just going to be there like you fishy his fishy his fishy fishy's your fishy and then you get a smug senior that gets double fishied and another smug senior like yes that is skullamance but that's not going to be this upcoming meta because it's not just skullamance you're adding other delayed mechanics but they're delayed tempo mechanics whereas skullamance was always just card advantage so you are going to have that card advantage but you're also going to have the ridiculous tempo swing and the ridiculous tempo swings lead to a lot of face pushing. Like, this is why Night Captain was so good, right? It's a, a huge tempo swing, and then you just push face with the Night Captain. And your opponent's like, oh no, I'm losing life now. Um, like, you could trade, but most of the time you're, you're just kind of pushing face with the Night Captain afterwards. So, obviously Night Captain's going out, not coming in. But you're going to get a lot of those kinds of effects without needing honorable, uh, without needing, uh, honorable kill. Because those effects would have been triggered by being in your hand. It's, uh, it's a really interesting set of sets that they have chosen to bring back. Like, this was a, just in the same way the Dragon meta we, did, we had before, was like, a, clearly a developer sat there and thought of what was the best way to make a fun meta, right? Same here. 
This is going in a different direction, but you're going to have that. Like, games are not going to end because everyone's drawing their last card. Games are going to end because someone's getting a big swing and someone can't stop it. So, when Murphs is talking about make sure you have the combos, not every combo is going to be... We'll go over the new Nathria combos. There's a lot of Nathria combos. Uh, but not every game-winning combo is going to be a Nathria combo. A lot of game-winning combos is just going to be... I have built up tempo in my hand that I haven't unleashed yet. I unleash it at the right time, and it doesn't get answered, and I punch face and I win. So, that is going to be a large portion of your wins as well. So it may take 15 turns to get there, but you're, you would still have like 6 cards in your hand when that happens, whether you're winning or losing. Yep. Alright, so that's a little bit of the preview with the sets going out and the sets coming in. I think a lot of people are really, really worried about the old sets. I think anytime old sets are coming in, people are worried. Um, no. I would say let's just hold your horses for a second. And if nothing else, remember that offering rates and kind of this stuff is very much in control of the, the devs and how they, you know, how much they want to offer. Um, with discovers, with with all of this stuff, like you know, they're they're touching a, a lot of these sort of like core mechanics and trying to tune them so that people aren't having just a bad experience in arena. So I will say, let's just wait and see. At the very least, just be excited to be playing with new cards, right? I'm excited. I will be playing arena some, some. You know, you're not gonna take me from Diablo Immortal and you know, <laughs> all other games that much, right? I'm also playing uh... Overwatch these days. Freaking Overwatch 2 needs to come Overwatch out. Overwatch 1? You're yeah, playing over because the beta for 2 ended. I know. I, I play Overwatch 1 sometimes. Oh, wow. So, okay. uh, I will actually be playing some arena. But, that's it for this section. Let's move on to the next section where we cards, can talk cards, about cards. the top neutral cards. Okay? And at this point, like we always do, let's thank some people. So, first of all... I uh, want to give a shout out to everybody watching on Twitch right now. That's you guys, smiley face, if you're watching, and definitely not a bot. Uh, and also thank you to the mods, uh, who really, I don't know why you mod for this channel, but I thank all of you. I appreciate all of you. So let's uh, end it there. On to the next video. Goodbye. Till the next video. This is Abuko. This is Murps. Bye-bye. Welcome back. This is the Life Forge podcast, and we are doing Murder at Castle Nathria's uh, card review for Arena. This is Adwikta. This is Murps. We're going through the top six cards. Let's just jump into it. Actually, let's not. Yeah. You need to talk about the I scale. Need to, I need to quick. talk a little bit about the scale. Okay, okay. Before we jump right into it, I'm going to talk uh, like two minutes about the scale. You guys, the scale's been around now for a while, so you guys should know what's going on. But the top six cards are all the neutral cards. Uh, sorry, the top six neutral cards are all the cards that we have rated a A or an S. Now, S we call quote unquote broken, and A we call quote unquote premium. You should not have premium cards in neutral. So every single card we have ever rated an A has been nerfed by the game system, or has been banned in arena, or has had their offering rate dramatically reduced. Sometimes it takes multiple metas before that happens but it's all been done. We're hitting 100% now. I think 
minus like one or two epic cards. Um, but on, on the rares and commons, we've hit 100%. Because these cards are just overpowered, and they make Arena very, very samey. And so they're bad design on top of just being too powerful. Uh, for class cards, A's are probably okay, but S's are still broken. Like the S card is, for example, Caverns, Performers, all these cards that you know and hate. Um, and sometimes they put a neutral card in the S category too, like that was a watch post when that was, uh, <laughs> we were like, this is an S tier card, and uh, lo and behold, it was an S tier card, and they got rid of it. So this time, I'm going to spoil the rest of the video for you. We have five A tier cards in neutral. Two of them are legendary, it's not the end of the world. Uh, and one S-tier card in neutral, which I'm sure you all probably already know, and it is an epic card, and it is preemptively banned. So we are going to talk about the cards that are preemptively banned as well. Uh, just because they're interesting, and they're still in the game. They can be discovered. Like, you should know what these cards are. Uh, so we're going to go. But keep in mind, before, if you never, if this is like, if we're coming to this fresh, right? And you're like, oh, what cards are in Castle Nathria? What's going to be in Arena? This one's not going to actually be in Arena, at least not draftable. Uh, but you should see where the developers' heads are at. It's, 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 don't be too concerned. It's not going to be in the arena, but be a little concerned because because we're we're going there uh, as as a card game for Hearthstone. So the big S tier card, S tier neutral card, is Insatiable Devourer, number one card of Nathria for neutrals, and it is a nine mana four four epic neutral. Battlecry, devour an enemy minion and gain its stats. Infuse five, quote unquote, and its neighbors. That means if you do, if you satisfy the condition of infuse five, it will devour three minions of your opponents and it will gain all of its stats for nine mana and has a base of eight stats to begin with. Yeah, look, this thing is just ridiculous, and I am so happy that they banned this thing ahead of time because it is exactly sort of the card that you want if your stuff is dying and you're behind right mm -hmm. um the swing is too big you know if we looked at something like abominable lieutenant and we're like whoa okay this thing is a little bit too strong here insatiable devour is a bomb kind of on you know on steroids right yeah uh so yeah, it's way too good. Super happy that they preemptively banned it. But it's one of those cards in which, once again, I'm thinking, this can't... I don't know. Like, I, I have a hard time believing that would be used in Constructed with the way that Constructed is. Yeah, this seems is. super terribly slow and yeah. not good. Uh, but in Arena, it is a game winner, right? By itself, mm -hmm. it's a game winner. You could be losing huge. Actually, you want to be losing huge. And then you drop this, and then you are automatically winning the game. So that's all we'll say about it. Thankfully, they did ban it, but uh, it's a scary, scary card. Yeah, and if you're looking for... This was almost an S+, by the way. It was really close to an S+. Um, and if you're wondering what Infuse is, because we haven't really quite explained the mechanic, Infuse plus a number is just how many of your friendly minions have to die while this card is in your hand. Um, in order for this ability to like trigger. So if five things die on the board while Insatiable Devourer is in your hand, then whenever you play Insatiable Devourer, it will trigger the Infuse part, which is to kill the neighbors as well and eat their stats uh, for this card. Uh, and for a nine mana card, five things are going to die before you get to play it most of the time. <laughs> so 
this is just it's a it's a silly card um and yeah it's good this is a preemptive ban like runaway blackwing style like good 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 okay now we're going to move on to the a tier cards Keep in mind, A-tier cards are also all either banned or nerfed or have their offering odds dramatically reduced. A-tier cards are like... I, I, I'm trying to think of the last A-tier card we have. We eventually moved uh, um, well, Night Captain to A-tier. Uh, what else did we have? A-tier neutral cards. Uh, Amalgam of the Deep in that particular meta. Uh, School Teacher was an A+. Gangplank Diver was an A+. Uh, Mothership was an A. Uh, like, this is... We're, we're in territory where none of these are good in the meta. Gangplank ended up being countered by its own uh, by its own set. So, it wasn't, like, as scary. But, uh, but generally, these are all cards that you just see offering odds reduced. Um, if not, the card outright being banned. Or this should be banned. Like, Mothership. Uh, okay. So, the first one is actually a common card. And it is the highest of the three cards we're going to go over that are not legendary. Two of them are legendary. So we're going to do five cards. Two of them are legendary. And this one is the highest one. Still an A, not an A+, but it is the highest one, and it is not banned. And I don't know why it is not banned, and one of the other cards is banned, by the way. It's just, uh, this, this one will get banned, or it will get its offering out super dramatically reduced. This is just going to happen. And it is Sim Runner. Five mana, six, five beast death rattle destroy a random enemy minion so the way i look at this card is actually similar to the way that i look at gangplank diver and part of the reason i think of it like that is will there be times in which this is just not that good of a card yeah there will be like you're you're definitely going to get uh, you're definitely going to get those situations in which uh, this is just kind of a 5-mana 6-5, right? And let's face it, a 5-mana mm -hmm. 6-5 beast in, in today's meta is just not as good. But there will be times in which this presents a huge problem. And yeah, they can play some other stuff to maybe try to avoid it. Uh, but you're going to get a lot of value with it. And... So I, I see a ton of similarities with Gangplank Diver in which, at the end of the day, is Gangplank Diver kind of the uh, the A rating that we gave it? Yeah, I think it is. Now, yeah. is it kind of like the always win you the game? Well, we gave it an A+, but it should probably be an A. Yeah, it should probably be an A. But is it one of those always win you the game cards? No, it isn't. And that's not what A's are. But they are just sort of like, will present a lot of problems a lot of the time. Like, just think about how you play this card, right? Let's say you drop it on five on a non-empty board. Well, now, whatever your opponent plays, this will probably kill it off, and it will wipe out whatever your opponent already has on its board if it's eating one of your minions. Now, if your opponent can trade directly into whatever minion that you have on the board, and so your opponent has an empty board, your opponent can't play a minion anymore. Because if your opponent plays a big minion, it's going to die to the Sin Runner. If your opponent plays a small minion, it's going to be eaten by the Sin Runner. And if your opponent, like, if your opponent has to play an equally sized minion that happens to have, like, you know, five attack or, like, six health, just, like, five attack, and, uh, and not too much health, right, that this will still get uh, a lot of value. And that's the good situation, where your opponent is reacting to this. If your opponent is actually ahead in some kind of way, 
and you play, play put a Sin Runner on the board, or if you're ahead in some kind of way, Sin Runner goes crazy. If your opponent's super ahead, Sin Runner's just going to take out something. Let's say it's a two drop in addition to a trade. Your opponent, one, has to do the trade. Your opponent can go face, but then your Sin Runner gets even more insane value. And if your opponent trades, this pretty much has taunt, and your opponent will want to inefficiently trade into Sin Runner because that's how they get like manage their resources and not have their whole board destroyed. If you're ahead on the board, you get to pick when Sin Runner uh, triggers, which means your opponent can never play a big thing. At least not when a small thing is available on the board, because your Sin Runner will just eat the big thing for free. If your Sin Runner ever gets like a proper trade-off, it becomes even more insane than that. Like this card, and remember, none of this is situational. This is just you plopping down a Sin Runner on five no matter what the situation. And the percent chance that something ridiculous in your favor is going to happen is like more than 75%. That's what makes this card so good. It's like, imagine it's a fire elemental, but it always works and you don't need to target. <laughs> and, and it's five mana. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, this card's going to get heavily, heavily offering odds reduced. Because you can't run around with this much power on a common card. Um, and uh, yeah, this is uh, our, our A-tier card. And we consider the second best card and the best unbanned card. This card is not yet banned in the arena. It will show up on day one. You should draft it pretty much every time it's offered. Uh, unless you have like too many 5-drops or something. And uh, it will be single-handedly game-changing enough of the times. Alright, next card. Alright, next card is a band card. It is Stoneborn General. You can talk about it while I try to find it. <laughs> uh, okay, we have... Why can't I find this card? Yeah, well, I was trying to find it too. Stoneborn why, General why I... is a 10 mana 8-8... Uh, common uh, uh, Rush with Death Rattle Summon an 8-8 Gravewing with Rush. Oh, this card is not banned? Okay, Chad is telling us this card is not banned. Yeah, when you listed it, I was like, I'll trust you I, to, I asked you to confirm it. I, uh, <laughs> that was me asking oh, you I to confirm you had, it because like, I was getting off an airplane. information that I didn't have. I was like, okay, sure, I guess. No, 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 I was asking you. I had no idea. That was the whole point of me asking you. Oh, I thought Wait. you were like, oh, I found this out. I was like, oh, okay. No, no, no. I'm literally just reading what people are posting on Reddit because oh, no. I've been in Korea and Mongolia. <laughs> I'm asking you to get the... Okay, so is any card banned besides Stone besides uh, besides uh, uh, Insatiable Devourer? Uh, Renathal, apparently. But has Renathal actually been confirmed? I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> this is like, one of the things I, I asked you to get the information on. I see Reddit saying it. But, like, once again... So it's just Insatiable Devourer and Prince Renathal? Renathal is banned. Okay. And once so, again, guys... So, none of, so Stoneborn General is not banned, and no, no other uh, neutral cards are banned? Yeah, apparently so. Uh, and this is why we need an actual, like, database for this, or patch notes. This is something that a lot of people have been calling for a long time, in which we need to look at people's, like, Twitter feeds in order to find out this information. 
So, okay, this card is in. Uh, okay, well, this card is in. That's that's another common card, then, that is A-tier rated. Uh, this card will be right after a Sin Runner. Uh, and, uh, and as a common card, this card's insane. Uh, it's a 10-mana 8-8 rush that is neutral, and it has a death rattle that says summon an 8-8 Gravewing with rush. So uh, you have 32 worth of stats that are, you know, I mean, it's only rush if the death battle triggers on your turn. But if it doesn't trigger on your turn, that means your opponent is trading in to your Stoneborn General to trigger the appearance of another 8-8. So that's a win, even if you are not getting the rush on it. And it is just 32 of rush or pretty much rush stats. It's really good. The only pro, you know, if we're going to nitpick, one of the only problems is that you don't get as much rush if it doesn't die, right? In which case, there's lots of times in which it doesn't die, and you kind of almost want it to die because you want the second rush. Um, so, yeah, it's not like... It, it. I can definitely see issues with it, but... It's really, really powerful. It's exactly what you want whenever you drop a 10-minute card. You want it to be impactful immediately, and you want it to have an extreme amount of value. And this uh, meets both of the criteria. Yeah. Um, like, this is not... There's nothing fancy about this card, right? Like, it's just a crap ton of stats, and it's all initiative, and it's way too much stats. Mm -hmm. So, that's, that's all for, uh, for Stoneboard General. Okay, finally, we have one more uh, non-legendary A-tier card. One more, and that is Famished Fool. Famished Fool is kind of a low A-tier card, and it's a rare. Um, this one barely made it to A. I, I still think it's going to get its offering rate reduced, but, um, but it, is, it is borderline. It is a 5-mana 3-5 battle cry draw card. Infuse four, draw three instead. So, uh, drawing three cards normally takes five mana. And this card will do it and put a three five on the board at the same time. If you can get infuse four. And infuse four is not that hard to trigger on a card that's main purpose is to draw. When you're looking at infuse cards, you have to look at what you're trying to do with the card, right? For Famished Fool, even if it didn't have infuse four, it's still a under like a low tempo card for five mana. You get a three five, so you're not gonna want to play it until way later anyway. So this infuse four basically just means you can't play it if you top deck it. But otherwise, it just draws you three cards. It's a super easy to trigger condition given the structure of the card, and it is just a lot of draw, a lot of card draw, and three five now. The meta may work against this card. So one of the ways in which, like, besides just being a borderline card to begin with for, for A, uh, the meta may work against this card. This current meta may work against this card because of Skullamance and the unlimited card advantage that Skullamance gives. You don't really need to draw cards if you have endless cards anyway, right? Like, sure, it's better to draw cards than to generate more fishies or more smug seniors, but it's, it's at a lower need than in a normal meta, in any meta that is not Skullamance. So, if this card is not offering rate reduced uh, in this meta, it will be in whatever next meta it shows up in that doesn't have Skullamance. Yep. Uh, look, if there was a way to describe how I feel about Infuse, like, I'm, I'm buying the Infuse stock. Like, I, 
it's gonna be a slow meta, right? Everything that we talked about before, you should be able to get your infuses off. You should be able to buy yourself that time in order to get these infuses. And this card is kind of perfect for the meta that I think we're going to see. Plus, it's not that hard. I, I just don't think it's that hard in general to infuse four. Um, and it's not one of those cards in which it's like, oh, you have to infuse a billion, and it's like a super early card that you want to play early. So mm -hmm. you don't have that like conflict as well. Uh, and that's the reason I think this card is just really, really good. Now, you know, when I was reviewing, I was like, ah, I think this is closer to like a B plus rather than an A. But yeah, yeah, if you're saying it's a low A, I'm like, okay, whatever, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a borderline card, but it edges into A. It could be a B plus. We won't actually have any B pluses, by the way, this time around. Um, so if you're looking at this, so Famished Fool, Stoneborn General, Muck Plumb, uh, sorry, uh, Sin Runner. I'm going to keep saying Mug Plumber until people think it's actually an A. Uh, <laughs> Sin Runner, that's two five mana cards um, that are gigantic, and then a ridiculously gigantic ten mana card. So not only are the cards really good, but the really good cards in this set are all really big. Reinforcing this whole, this game's going to go on for a while, right? Well, because you're all going to be drawing, uh, drafting these cards. You will, your opponents will, they're going to have this offering rate bonus that these new sets have, and this set is just kind of better than the other sets um, uh, that, are, that are in, because none of the standard sets are in, so you're going you're gonna to take these, and uh, your opponents are going to take these, and Stoneboard General is not banned, which means <laughs> it's going to be a very slow meta. Um, I'm, I'm looking back at like historical uh, things to see when we've had uh, three A-rated cards, right? Throne of Tides had none. Sunken City gave us... Uh, that's epic. I'm, I'm not going to count epics. Uh, but you remember a Puffer Fist before it got uh, nerfed. Um, but generally, no, Mothership and Gangplank Diver, right? And those are all... like You guys remember what happened with that. They all got nerfed because they were all so ridiculously powerful. Um, Anexius Laird didn't give any. Alteric was actually very in control. It had only Knight Captain, which eventually was moved to an A. It started off, we, we started off at a B plus, and I think it was more in control in the meta that it was uh, starting out in. Um, but, yeah, like, you, you, you don't see this. Um, I'm looking at United and Stormwind. United and Stormwind had Battlegrounds Battlemaster pre-nerf as uh, the only A-tier card. Um, Barons had Venomous Scorpid, of course. Uh, and uh, Saucy Scum, that's an epic card. Uh, yeah, the, so if you're talking about rares and commons, you normally see one. And uh, Sunken City was kind of the exception, and we all saw how that worked out in terms of what needed to, uh, what needed to get offering odds reduced or banned or nerfed. So here, we're, we're seeing three. And they all fit this late game theme that this meta all seems to be playing into. Except Famished Fool kind of cuts both ways because it's drawing cards that you don't need. But the other two definitely really fit it. It's it's gonna be rough. Like this is, I I would be very worried about this meta if not for the fact that there is a team now in the arena that will presumably ban these cards or reduce their offering rates so that they are effectively uh, like legendaries, especially the the common cards like Sin Runner cannot be in the game and have the game matter in, in any way. Because whoever plays Sin Runner and the opponent plays any 5-drop, 
the Sin Runner is going to dominate so hard, no matter what the opponent does, unless they happen to have this like 25% chance of, of having the right cards or the right board combination. And that's just not a fun or skillful meta. And this is a neutral card, neutral common card, so it will be every single game. Um, Stoneborn General is just at the very end, right? Whoever has a Stoneborn General wins the game. If you have a Stoneborn General and I don't, what am I going to do? How am I going to catch up to your Stoneborn General after you play it if I don't kill you immediately? I, I don't. Like, all the fishy flyers in the world is not going to, or like, smug seniors in the world is not going to make up for a Stoneborn General. It's just, it's, it, the, the card is just simply too big. And yeah, it's a 10 mana card and needs to be big, but this is too much. And it has Rush on both bodies. It just it creates for bad, very samey kind of gameplay, and uh, and it's going to be it's going to be either uh, nerfed or offering odds reduced because of it. Yep. All right. Um, this time we're doing something a little new. We're going to talk about the legendary cards along with uh, all the other cards uh, because I think. With the offering odds being moved around so much, the legendary cards are really not that special anymore. Like, so many common cards and rare cards and epic cards are effectively offered at the offering rates of legendary cards. So, if we're going to talk about those overpowered cards, we might as well talk about the legendaries in the same breath. Uh, the first legendary card we're going to talk about is Prince Rethanol. Prince Rethanol is uh, confirmed to not be an arena, is that right? Yes, it has been confirmed. Okay. Um, it, is, it would be an A-rated card if it was in the arena, and it's a 3-mana, three 3-4. Three, Your deck size and starting health are 40. Um, just interpreted that to mean that in arena, the only effect would be that your starting health is 40, and it's otherwise a 3-drop. And that is really good. Um, I think they probably removed it, not because it was super OP, but because increasing your deck size kind of doesn't work in <laughs> in arena they're not going to structure the draft so that you can draft more cards um so that's probably why it's not in the arena not because it would be super super overpowered yeah i think that this uh health has just become more and more important over time right there used to be a time in which it's like oh your health doesn't matter until you're like super duper low um, but yeah, now it actually does matter. And if this were, you know, in the arena, it would be pretty sick. Like just, just uh, giving you that huge bonus. Uh, giving you like, ah, too bad we don't have it. But this is the stuff that I want in the arena. Like, yeah, if I you agree. guys played Duelist, remember when we got that Duelist sponsorship and we played Duelist, and I was like, wait. Some cards in the draft for Duelist affect your next few picks and mm -hmm. affect kind of like the the way that, that your deck is like structured or do all that. I'm like, that's so cool. Why doesn't Hearthstone do that? And now we finally have a card that kind of does something like that. And then, you know, we don't have it available, obviously. Yeah, technical reasons. Yep. 
But so, yeah, I would like it to be in the arena, even if there's just the start, the deck size part doesn't matter. But I can see why it would be confusing and people would, like, you know, rage. It would be confusing. Also, yeah, some people are like, oh, this would be, like, too powerful. Yes, the way that they did it in Duelist was there was a negative effect to it as well with the positive effect. So in Duelist, what they did was, for example, you would get an understated slash vanilla yeah. uh, minion that would say, and the only text on it is, your next pick is guaranteed to be a legendary. But in order mm. to do that, you had to pick this bad card, right? So, there were, yeah. All right. The next card that is also an A-tier card and a legendary is Sire Denathrius. It is a 10-mana, 10-10 lifesteal card. Battle Cry. Deal 5 damage amongst enemies. That includes your opponent's face. Endlessly Infuse. 1. Which means for every friendly minion that dies when this card is in your hand deal one more damage like when you eventually play it and it triggers the battle cry i like this card a lot we had a discussion about this card um i liked it more than you did um it's just one that i'm like man you just kind of have to deal with this uh when it comes out like it life steals so the random damage that you're tossing out at enemies you're gonna life steal from that and the body life steals as well so what do you do unless you can sort of like kill them on the very next turn after they've already you know stolen a lot of life through the random pew 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 pews um well like you kind of have to deal with this right but if you deal with it you let them gain life but if you ignore it they're also going to gain life so i just see this as like such a powerful problematic card and Oh, God, I can't stop thinking about expendable performers now and how there are, like, a lot of ways to just infuse a ton. So unless you're mm -hmm. dead immediately, this is just such a powerful card that prolongs the game and gets you an extreme amount of value. I, I See, I, I don't see it that way. I don't see the unless you're dead because it, it has it's a battle cry, right? You're going to heal up, and then you're going to heal up again. Your opponent does have to deal with it. It effectively has taunt. Um... But it's a 10 mana 10, 10 taunt with a very unreliable scattershot of damage that you can't even guarantee removal of like a mid-sized minion on the board uh, for, for a 10 mana. Like, you see what you're getting for 10 mana with Stoneboard General, which we rated the same as an A tier card? Like, this is still really good. I'm not saying it's not good. We rated it A tier for, for that reason. Uh, but it's not an S tier card. Like, you, you'd rather have a controllable eight damage to go somewhere than random and remember not random enemy minions random period which means it goes face quite frequently you can't guarantee any kind of kill it's way too much rng like really the fact that it can go face randomly absolutely kills the value of this card i think and by kills the value of this card i mean if that did not say enemies and said enemy minions this would be like an s plus tier card um but just if you're playing this card and it's 10 mana and it takes up your whole turn like sure you get a 10 10 taunt but what's a 10 10 taunt that heals your life to full these days it should be like an eight mana card um so you're, you really got to make that battle cry count and that battle cry does not count you do not have that many minions unless you get that combo right you do have to get a combo without a combo this card is pretty lacking in terms of its raw tempo. It will heal you up to full, basically, but healing up to full is also only situationally useful. 
Um, man, I like this is one that I just see. I think it'll deal more damage than what you are thinking of because of the, like the length of games, because of I think how long you can afford to wait on this, and then afterwards, yeah. I, I, this is one that we had a discussion about, even though it was a legendary. I'm just like, I really like this card. I, I, I think that this should be a little bit higher. At the end of the day, it's still, you know, it's still quite high, so I'm I'm fine with it. But we'll see. We'll see where this ends up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, alright. Well, that's that's it for our top cards of this meta. That's interesting that Stoneborn General is not uh is not actually banned. Um so so now we actually have a lot of very powerful cards uh coming into into the arena right off the bat. These are these are all overpowered cards. I think like I also think Famished Fool is not going to be overpowered in this meta. We rated it A, like the lowest A, but this is not the meta for Famished Fool. It will just it's one of those cards that's like, well, this will be a problem. Like whenever you have a normal meta. But this is not a normal meta that's gonna come out. And so Famished Fool will just be kind of very powerful rather than seemingly broken. Um But Stoneboard General Stoneboard General was made for this meta. Sin Runner? Sin Runner was made for this meta. Wow, Sin Runner is made for any meta. Um, it's uh, it's it's going to be quite powerful. Like this is the kind of stuff when neutrals go into A tier territory, they got to be knocked down. Uh, and if they're not knocked down, the whole meta is going to be samey, and the whole meta is going to be repetitive, and it doesn't matter what class you picked, and these cards are going to dominate. Um, even if you have better class cards, these cards are going to be dominate because you're just going to see them so much. Common neutrals, the offering rate uh, with the offering rate bonus for being in a new set. It's uh, you guys all remember how often you saw Diver when it came out. You guys will all remember how commonly you saw Night Captain when that card first came out. It's going to be the same. Only now, instead of Night Captain or Diver, you're going to get two, maybe three, well, two of the common cards. You're going to get both Stoneborn General and Sin Runner. And, and it's just going to be the same thing every game. Um, it's also, it doesn't help that Skelomance is coming back because Skelomance itself is samey. Like, what is Fishy Flyer but Fishy Flyer and another Fishy Flyer? Right? What is Smug Senior but Smug Senior and another Smug Senior? And these are all still very good cards. They're not like as amazing as they, they used to be because of the power creep. But it's going to all be a very samey meta. Uh, and, and that's just not fun. Um, beyond the fact that these cards are, are overpowered. It is also just, like, boring. Like, I think Sinrunner creates interesting board states and decision-making, potentially. And I can see how Stoneboard General is also designed in that way. But you don't want to just keep seeing them. Because they're not, they're, they're, they're not going to have enough variation to them in the gameplay to keep you interested um, even if they weren't super powerful, and, and they are way too powerful. Okay, cool. That's it for this section. Uh, let us thank some people. Do you have the list? Uh, yeah, I, I sent it to you, but we could give a shout out to all of our patrons, uh, all of our top patrons, and uh, for the month of July, it is RV Night Train, Yin, Eric L, Dan F, Karova, REG. 4p and brand new thank you guys so much for your contributions and keeping the light forge podcast on thank you guys all right uh that's uh i guess those will, will be the thanks 
for this time. We'll catch you on the next video where we talk about more neutrals, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about the next seven neutrals. We Dang. just did the top six. That's uh, S and A tiers. Next up are the B tier cards. Okay. See you guys then. Until then, this is Abukta. This is Merp. See you guys. Welcome back. This is the Light Forge podcast, uh, Murder at Castle Nathria, card review podcast stream mod. This is Abikta. This is Murps. We're going through more of the neutrals. So uh, we just finished up with the S tier and the A tier stuff. Uh, now we are starting off with the Bs. Yes. And the first one, I don't... I'm, I'm having so much trouble finding these because they're, like, yes. not in the, like, right order. I mean, they are, but they're not done by rarity. And I did my order by rarity. So, okay. We're, we're, this is what um, we're, we're doing here. We, are, we have just done the top six. We're doing uh, legendaries mixed in with everything else now. And here's the next seven. The next seven are all B-tier. So this entire video is just 100% B-tier cards. None of these are B+. Just very consistently B tier. That means there's a big gap. And, and this never happens pretty much. But there's a big gap between what we showed in the first video with the top six and what we're showing here. Like A tier cards and B tier cards are not the same. Like B tier cards are just like good cards in your deck. A tier cards are like these should not be neutral cards. They're broken. So like for neutrals. They're fine for class cards. But they're like the most powerful class cards that you know you don't super complain about. Uh, and not good for neutrals at all. And B tier is like totally okay. Like they could be common neutrals and they're totally okay and just powerful. So the first one of these is Forensic Duster. Forensic Duster is a 3 mana 3 4 battle cry. Your opponent's minions cost one more the next turn. Powerful effect. So let's just think about uh okay what is a three mana three four like what score is it is it like d a, plus slash it's, it's a, bottom of c depending on how you want it's to look it's, at a, it. it's the very bottom of c. actually i think it's, it's the, the very, very top of d plus okay very top of d plus very bottom of c because i think you guys would agree that uh that's not a good card yeah. right like vanilla stats for its cost that that is just not a yeah. good card anymore so it's getting a decent amount for this uh, ability, and it's a good ability. Like, it is a good, good ability, because you can really lock out your opponent. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that is holding it back just a little bit is, like, this is a card that gets so much more powerful if, like, if the meta is just somewhat yeah. tempo possible, <laughs> yeah. right? If it's just somewhat tempo possible, holy heck, this is so yeah. good. With the way that I'm seeing it right now, uh, it just, like, it just doesn't seem to be the best meta for mm -hmm. it. Now, like, it's still a great effect, and it's not like everybody's just gonna have all spells all the time, and blah, blah. Um, it's just kind of a shame, because with the sets that are in, and with the way that the games are gonna be playing out, it definitely takes away a bit of this thing's strength, I think. Yeah, yeah, because you, you play it on curve, right? And your opponent will miss their curve, like, half the time. Like, how many yeah. times are you sitting on there with, like, two options for four drops or two options for three drops if you're the one going first? Very rarely, like, I mean, not very rarely, but, like, less than half the time. Uh, and if your opponent plays a Forensic Duster, you're just done. You're done for that turn. You hero power and you move on. 
Like, that is huge. That is a huge, 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 absolutely ridiculous effect. And it has no downside. And later on in the game, it uh, still does work, right? If your opponent wants to play a bunch of minions, they can't. Uh, I mean, they can, but they have to pay extra mana each time. Like, it's still doing quite a bit of work even in the late game. But on curve, this would be game-winning in any other meta. And in this meta, it's, like, still really good. Like, it's I, very good. I, I considered, like, oh, man, maybe this is, like, a B plus. The only thing that bumps this down a little bit is my view on what I think this meta may be. N not, like, oh, what I think the offering odds are going to be, and I understand those can change a lot, um, but just from the card pool that is in. So that's the only thing holding it back. In And in some other metas, this could be, like, a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um... All right, so that's Forensic Duster. Next up is Priest of the Deceased. Priest of the Deceased is one of the first cards they ever showed us for uh, for the set. It's kind of used to tell you what Infuse does. It's a two mana, two, three, common, neutral, taunt, uh, and it has Infuse three, which is super easy to fulfill. Gain plus two, plus two. Yeah. So so it's that makes good. it a two mana yeti that has taunt. Yes. Pretty pretty damn good. Um, you will play this sometimes on turn two, mm -hmm. like just because you will and kind of have to, uh, and then other times you will get really really good value from it. Um, I think you should look at this in kind of the way that you look at like Dark Moon Dirigible as well, right? in which uh, it's not that hard to make this card have the extra effect. Mm -hmm. And the extra effect is quite nice, right? Like the dirigible, you know, you're able to rush it out and everything. Um, and here you get extra stats, uh, but you're also very much okay with just playing it if you absolutely need something yeah. to play. A two mana, two, three taunt would be the best card in Karazhan. <laughs> Neutral. Because um, that's what Pompous Thespian is. It's a 2-mana 3-2 taunt, which is not even as good as a 2-mana 2-3 taunt. Um, so, yeah, this is just extra abilities. And this is what we mean by, like, you're going to draft a lot of cards from this. You may look at it and be like, oh, B. But you're thinking of B in the previous meta. You're thinking of B in a standard meta, where it's, like, kind of the average card in your deck, maybe a little bit better than the average card in your deck. A B in this upcoming meta is really good. Like, the impact is not as much as an A, obviously, and A's do exist, but it's going to be your number one choice in a large majority of your picks when this card shows up. Because you're going to be presented with a lot of, like, pantry spiders. Yep. <laughs> you're going to be presented with pantry spiders, pompous thespians. Uh, half of the sets, like, more than half of the sets are just not modern sets. Mm -hmm. um, and... Because of that, you're going to get a lot of poop picks. Yep. You're going to get a lot of very subpar picks. They're like stuff that's close to a Yeti. And you, you don't want stuff that's close to a Yeti when you have uh, Nathria level uh, power levels. Alright, so that's Priest of the Deceased. These are all B-tier cards, remember. Next up, we have Party Crasher. Once I find Party Crasher. I cannot find a party crasher. Why, why am I not finding party crasher? How much mana is party crasher? It's an 8 drop, that's why. 
Okay, Party Crasher is an epic. I didn't realize we were already on the epic eight drops. Uh, and it is a eight mana seven nine. Eight mana seven nine battle cry. Choose an enemy minion. Throw a random minion from your hand at it. So that means you take a random minion from your hand, you cast it at no extra cost, but you don't get battle cries or anything, and then that minion rush attacks the minion that you are targeting. But it's a random minion that comes out of your hand. So if you have more than one minion in your hand and they are different statted, it's it's kind of a dice roll what to how to get the most efficiency out of it. And also, you quote-unquote lose the card, right? Like, it's not like a free summon. You are getting rid of the card that you are putting onto the board. Um, right. I, I really do like the fact that you can choose the enemy minion, mm -hmm. though, right? Like, that is an important choice. Yes, there is an aspect that you cannot choose, which is what minion you toss at it. But being able to choose the enemy minion is very, very important. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So... It was hard to rate this card because there was nothing really like it um, in uh, in terms of mechanics in the uh, that, that that we've we've seen before. But it's also not like a totally crazy out there mechanic. Uh, I, I do like the description though. Like now we're just the, the, the Hearthstone's getting very colloquial, whereas before you could always tell what the card did by reading it. That's totally gone out the window with this set. There are so many cards you'll see it in the class cards where reading the card will tell you nothing about what it's doing. But here, as it's throw a random minion from your hand at it, you're like, okay, I kind of understand what that means. Um, but it does not say, like, summon a minion from your hand for free. It rushes at the target of your choosing, which is what it what it actually does. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's understated, but you get the tempo, but you lose the card, but it's a little random. It's really good, but it's not like... It's not going to win you the game in a consistent way. Agree. Um, I think that's all that needs to be said about it. Okay. Okay. After Party Crasher, we have uh, our last non-legendary uh, B tier. Oh, oh. I, I skipped one. Did I skip one? I skipped one. I skipped Stoneborn Accuser. Sorry. Let's go back to not... That, that one was an epic. I, I did skip it, right? Uh, uh Yeah, I, I think you did. Okay. Stoneborn Accuser is a common. We, we like to do our... We like to go by rarity. That's why I was... Yeah, I skipped more than one. Okay. That's why yeah, I was... That's why I couldn't find... Yeah, that's why I... Yeah, this is, this is why I'm like, why can't I find Party Crasher? Because I'm not on epics yet. Okay. So, sorry guys. Super jet lag. Uh, Stoneborn Accuser is, uh, is also a B. And this one's a 5 mana 5-5. Five, five. Infuse 5. Gain Battle Cry. Deal 5 damage. So it's a 5 mana 5-5 five, five that deals 5 damage. Which sounds incredibly good. And it is incredibly good. Except for the fact that you will almost never be able to play this on curve. Because it's just a 5 mana 5-5. Five, five, and it's way better with the Infuse. Like some Infuses make it pretty good this infuse makes it way better so you're always gonna wait so it is not a five drop it's almost like a spell and you do have to hold it in your hand for a while remember when we said four is not that much three is almost nothing well at five you're starting to actually kind of feel it in terms of how long you have to hold this thing in your hand 
And yep. you do have to hold this thing in your hand. So it is super powerful when it works, but it's also awkward. Yep. Uh, but the payoff is great. Like, you know, you you do want the uh, the payoff. So I think B is kind of appropriate for it. And once again, I think you will be able to wait it out mm-hmm. in, in a certain number of situations. But yes, this is definitely not a guarantee and sometimes you will have to play it uh because infuse five takes a long time uh but if you do get it five damage is a lot yep all right next we have dispossessed soul dispossessed soul they have they have this in totally a different order than i do it's really screwing with me okay dispossessed soul is a rare card it's our uh, first rare card uh, in the B category, and our only rare card in the B category. Uh, and it is a 4-mana, four 4-5, four, like a Yeti. Battle Cry. If you control a location, discover a copy of a card in your deck. So a Yeti is the bottom of C, uh, slash the very top of D+, and this one's a B. So you get that same thing that we were talking about with Priest of the Deceased, where this is a really powerful, powerful ability. And the trigger is if you control a location. Well, if you ever have a location, it's going to stay on the board for a long time. So it's very easy to trigger this. But you do have to have a location. Um, and Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the effect is just really powerful. The effect is ridiculously powerful because you're discovering a copy of a card in your deck. So it's double curated, right? Mm-hmm. You picked these cards and yes you might pick the occasional pantry spider uh but you know you pick these cards so on average they are pretty good and then you get to pick again uh from cards that you already picked so really good effect now this score is an average score it will depend on i mean it's actually the highest score yeah it depends on what the location is right every class is one location and remember the locations are boosted in offering rate um, and they're a lot of them are really good. They're not like S tier cards, but they're ones that you're going to pick if you get offered it. So that's what we're kind and of assuming. There are yeah. some classes that this wouldn't apply to, obviously, because their location cards are total crap. But for most classes, this is this is the score that that's uh, that that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so just you know, don't overlook it. I, I think it'll be kind of obvious uh, once you start drafting and you start picking the locations uh, that you're like, oh, okay, I have this synergy, right? I can use the synergy, and then I can get an extra card draw that is a discover. It's like an insanely good ability. Um, but yeah, don't don't sleep on this card if you have a location. It, it just takes one location in your whole deck to makes this wor- to make this worthy of a pick. Like of a of a boosted pick over a yeti, right? Like obviously at the floor, it's still a yeti. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Now we are at Sinfield Golem. We are right? finally back at Sinfield Golem. This is back to the epics. Uh, and Sinfield Golem is a seven mana two two epic neutral infuse three gain stats equal to the attack of the minions that infused this. So, that is potentially a lot of stats. Now, if you use it with performers, that is not a lot of stats. But you should not use it with performers. And instead, use it with other things. Um, if you just use it with your normal stuff that has like 3 or 4 attack, let's say it's like 3 attack, then you're gaining plus 9, plus 9. 
And if it's four attack, you're gaining plus 12, plus 12. On top of the 2-2. Two, so, two. I will say, this is one that I didn't see it. I still don't really see it, but I'm kind of okay with the score. And I... Okay, so the math on this says it is a what exactly? To B. All, all these well, cards are no, 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 no. Like the like the stat. Oh, like, oh the stats. How, how much are you? Oh yeah. god, uh, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Let's say twelve, maybe fourteen. It's really, really freaking big. And remember what we keep saying: Infuse three is very easy to trigger. Infuse four is okay to trigger. Infuse five is a little harder to trigger. You don't have to wait that long for this. It's true. Maybe I like this is just one of those cards in which I see the the downsides more than the the upsides and on average it's going to be okay this is one that i'm going to say is hard for me to exactly see the good in but i'm not exactly like super comfortable with uh with with it i'll draft it i'll see i'll, I'll mm -hmm. see where it is yeah uh, and people were worried about tokens all the tokens are gone in this meta, if you're thinking of the Rams, you know, that's not there. If you're thinking of the Piranhas, they're not there. Like, this is a, a different meta. In fact, we were just talking about it when we ran down the meta, right? Like, there's not a lot of small tempo cards. Like, yeah, Mermie's back, but that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of it. And yes, Mermie absolutely wrecks this card. Um, <laughs> absolutely wrecks this card. But you're hopefully not getting this right, like, in the early going. Like, so you, it is a card that you can get screwed by. But it's also a card that can just win you the game on turn 7 or, like, later on. Um, and we're just covering, like, 3 attack, 4 attacks. You could have a big card by the time you draw this card, right? Like, you could have, like, a 8-8 eight, eight on the board. And then this card immediately becomes insanely big. Yeah. So, look, this is one... Let it be shown. I'm a little bit skeptical about, mm. but people are I'm, talking I'm, about derail coaster. But like, you you get to control that. Like, you don't play a derail coaster when this is in your hand and not infused already three times. Like, you you are in control of these things. It is not like you have a derail coaster and then you have to play it, right? Like, unless you're going to die, then you do have to play it. But you can choose to just wait for three things to die before you play your derail coaster, which is not that long. All right. Um, okay. Next up is the legendary. So we have one yep. legendary B tier card. It is Calseth Sunstrider. Calseth Sunstrider, six mana. It is four seven, which is low. And it says every third minion you play each turn costs zero mana. So, I'm curious this to is know, super RNG, right? It depends on what is in your hand at that moment. Mm -hmm. So, here's the way you look at it, right? Like, you could have the really super-duper good scenario where, okay, you have Kael'thas, you have a one-drop, Yep. And then you have something huge, yep. right? Like uh, like that 10 drop that's rated A, like that Stoneborn General. Yeah, you can have that. Um, or you can just have, like, a red herring, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty good. That's a really good scenario. 
In other scenarios, you just cheat out not that much tempo. And if you're cheating out not that much tempo, that's just called playing Arena in 2022, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, so I think that this is this card is going to piss off a lot of people because it has the potential to completely pop off. But yeah, you need like a kind of like a three card combo almost, and you can continue on with so you got to kind of. It is a three card right combo, but it's like an easy three card combo because you're like eight mana cards or nine mana cards or oh. ten mana cards. You're you're not going to be playing like anyway so they're just going to be in your hand so the only real combo so you need it to exist right but they're unlikely to be played so the main combo piece is like like think of it in terms of uh of rogue combos right like when you're trying to combo with a kidnapper or you combo with some other six mana card um like it's not the easiest smoothest thing to pull off but when you do pull it off the effect is huge yep so at the end of the day, I'm like, ah, slap a B on it. Yeah. I think it's fine. It's, it's just very RNG. Um, like, it has no RNG in the card, but it is incredibly RNG based on your draw. Alright, well, that's the end of, uh, of this. This is uh, the, the kind of the second tier of the neutral cards. These are all Bs. It worked out really nicely. None of these are B pluses. They're all Bs. If you want a comparison for what Bs are from, like, Sunken City, let's say, here's what Bs are from Sunken City. Uh, Click Clocker, Pelican Diver, Vicious Slither Sphere, Crush Claw Enforcer, Reef Walker, but I think we, we upped that afterwards, um, Babanaga, Excavation Specialist. We also mistakenly gave Selfish Shellfish a B. That was, that was our bad. Um, but uh, but yeah, those are the cards we gave a B to in the in Sunken City pre-release. Uh, so they're like good, but they're not like amazing or anything. Like they're not as good as say the B plus cards, which is Smothering Starfish, Slime Scale Diver, um, and they're not as good as A cards like Amalgam of the Deep, uh, like Puffer Fist in Good Classes, like School Teacher, Gangplank Diver, Mothership, right? Um, and that, that they're just kind of they're good cards, right? We call literally if you look at the tier list, it says good. That's how we describe these cards, and um, and I think all these cards are good. You will want them in your deck. We are going to do the next video on all the rest of the cards, which is kind of unfair because it includes some really terrible cards, but it also includes some like quite a bit of like C pluses, which are you know almost Bs. You got to draw the line somewhere. So we'll start with that on the on the next video. Any shoutouts you want to do, or any comments on the B tier cards? Uh, no comments on the B tier cards. I think that you know this is. I'm gonna try to keep this short. Okay. okay. So no, okay. no comments at all. Okay. Okay. No comments. We'll see you in the next video. Until then, this is Adwokta. This is Murps. Bye, guys. Welcome back. We are now at the. I mean, this is the Nathria Castle Murder at uh, Card Arena Card Evaluation Card Review Stream. This is Adwokta. This is Murps. Hello. We're going through the rest of the cards. So this is going to include C plus and below. Uh, so once again, um, we are in, you know, near the, the Yeti tier. Uh, Yeti would be like bottom of C, right?
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeti would be bottom of C. So yeah, so we're, we're getting close to Yeti. But keep in mind that the C pluses are very close to Bs. So some of them may actually seem quite good, and they are. Um, we just have this one video covering, uh, and this one podcast covering the rest of these, and there are a lot of these, um, just because we didn't want one with only the crappy cards. <laughs> okay, uh, let's start with the C pluses. These are almost Bs, um, but not quite. And uh, we're actually going to start with uh, what we were talking about if you are watching the stream live. And uh, it's the legendary card. We're starting with it because we have no idea how this card works, apparently, uh, as Chad has pointed out. And uh, we still don't know how it works. And it is Murloc Holmes. It is a 3-mana, three 3-4 three, Murloc battle cry. Solve three clues about your opponent's cards to get copies of them. So what does that mean? We don't know. People have different interpretations in chat. We had our interpretation. Someone's probably right or we could all be wrong. But regardless of what it is, it is some formulation of you have, you're presented with three discover choices. As in, you're presented with three, then another three, then another three. And the first one is what's in their hand or, or what's in their starting hand. Then it's what's in their current hand. Then it's what's still in their deck. Now, the question comes in is what the card pool is that they're presenting you with and there is chat is saying that all the cards being presented are from your starting deck which changes things compared to if it's random and i'm not sure what it is this card doesn't really help in terms of you know describing what this means um I don't think it's even something you can necessarily figure out by playing the card a couple times, but uh, it's going to end up somewhere between a C plus and a B. So it is possible that under favorable interpretations of what this card actually does, that it is a B. Under a totally random interpretation in Arena, which is that they just show you three cards, you have to pick it, uh, it would be a C plus. But if chat is right and chat a lot of people in chat seem pretty confident about it, like relatively speaking, uh, even though they're not presenting any evidence for it. Um, if all your options are from your starting set, then your chances of getting at least one card, if not two cards, are actually pretty high uh, from this, and uh, and this card becomes a B. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, that's 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 kind of uh, that's kind of where where we're at with this. Um, yeah. Um, so maybe this belongs in the previous video now that we think it's more of a B than uh, than a C plus. But I figure we'd lead it off with this. Um, we just we just don't know. And this is the problem right? we talked about before, where it's like uh, there was a card, uh, or party crasher, where you threw something at something, and you can kind of figure out what that means. Well, here. You really can't figure out what that means. What the hell does solve three clues about your opponent's cards mean? Uh, the zero percent chance if you never saw the card work, you can guess what that means. Zero percent chance you will know either what they're asking you or what the pool of cards is. Um, All right, that's enough about this random legendary. Okay, okay, but yeah, but this is probably a B depending on the interpretation rather than a C plus. So we just want to get it out of the way. Oh, it's also, by the way, unclear whether it means you're either drawing all three cards or zero cards, or if you are drawing cards one by one. 
Oh, because no, 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 you definitely draw all three or none. If, okay, if that you definitely was draw all three or one. Yes, that okay. is a hundred percent. That because that's but the, but the assumption I was using is that you all, you draw all, all three or none. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. how I yep, interpreted yep, the grammar. Yep. But okay, fine. Someone that someone was right. saying that that Cora uh, had confirmed that you draw cards one at a time um, in chat. And then someone else is saying that's not how it works. So, like I said, there's a lot of information going around, and no one really knows what's happening. Or the people who do are equally as loud and numerous as the people who don't, but want to talk on the subject anyway. Uh, and we don't know. But this card is likely a B, possibly a C plus. Moving on, let's talk about the actual C plus cards. We are going to start. Remember, this is C+, so this is significantly better than a Yeti. Yeti being the lowest of the C tier. So this is not even C tier, this is C plus tier. And the first one is Dredger Staff. Dredger Staff is a one-mana, it's a common neutral card. It's a one-mana, one-two. Battlecry, give minions in your hand plus one health. This is how you design a one-mana card. I, I love this card, uh, the design of it. Because it's a one-mana one-two. Its tempo is not really good at all. Uh, but it is a one-drop. And it does provide enough buffs to the rest of your hand to give it the value. Like, C-plus is fine. Uh, I forget what, like, a Mermi is. A Mermi is either a B or a C-plus. Uh, but it's in that same kind of, like, area where this is, like, this is fine. This is, like, a fine one-drop to have and a fine one-drop to play. And it is not overpowered, its swing is not big, but it introduces some RNG to it, and it messes up all your expectations. Like, uh, but, but in terms of, like, you're now going to have Yetis with 4-6, right? Like, you're now going to have other minions that you normally see with a certain stat come out with a different stat. And it just creates a lot more variety in the game. Like, I love the design of this card. Yep. The thing I appreciate most about this game is that... Um... Blizzard, for the longest time, made cards for world champions. So, you, you know, you had, like, Firebat uh, for actual Firebat, right? And they're finally recognizing, like, uh, people who got on, on the arena leaderboard because this is Dredd's card, right? They made a card that looks exactly mm -hmm. like him, right? It has Dredge in the name, which is kind of like Dredd's. Um, and you know, they probably took his most flattering angle and then transferred it to the card. So another shining example of the, the, of Blizzard really paying attention to the arena community and was like, Hey, you know, this guy who got 9.4, like, let's, let's show him some love, right? Like this is, this is his card here. He is in, in glorious fashion. Uh, 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 all right. So to keep this moving so we don't get to 3 a.m., although it's looking more and more likely that we will. Let's move on to the next card. Next card is Anonymous Informant. It's a 2-mana, two 2-3, two, uh, common neutral. Battle cry. the next secret you play costs zero. So, obviously, this is just a croc if your class has no secrets, uh, which is a D. Crocs are Ds. They are not good. But in Mage, this card is a C+, because that is how good saving three mana is and that is also how good being able to play the secret potentially on two and getting it out earlier is um it's it's quite a big deal and uh if you don't have it on like uh, the best part is that you don't even have to have it in your hand at the time it's just your next secret so whenever the hell you get a secret it's free that that three mana it just stays with you uh until you get a secret yep 
Um, in case you're wondering, we have Hunter and Rogue at C and uh, Paladin at D. By the way, guys, this doesn't mean like, you know, oh, draft all the, the mage secrets you, you can, you know. Mage secrets tend to still be not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll end up with some. And you'll end up with more secrets than you think you will because the other cards are bad now. Um, okay, next up we have Bog Beast. This again, we're still in the C plus territory. Bog Beast is a super normal card. I can't believe they printed it. It is a six mana three six taunt for six mana, uh, common neutral, uh, and has a death rattle. Summon a two four Muckmare with taunt. It's okay. <laughs> I I don't know. Okay, look, it's uh. Do you guys remember Fen Creeper? It wasn't good, but like Fen Creeper, and then the uh, better version, uh, which was like Sludge Belcher, right? This mm -hmm. is like kind of this one of Sludge those. Belcher. This is Sludge yeah. Belcher. For it's for okay. six mana, remember the the current taunt that you're used to seeing for six mana is a two ten taunt, right? That freezes stuff. This one is a three six with a two four attached to it. It'll last longer than the two ten, but it doesn't freeze stuff. But it punches a little bit harder. Um, the two ten taunt, I think we rated a B. Maybe a C plus also, but this is a hold its own. It's just a lot of taunt. Like honestly, for six mana, it's just a lot of taunt. It's a lot of taunt, and right? That is worth quite a bit. So it's you okay. need to survive to get to your stuff, right? You're gonna have a lot of stuff. Just live, just live for just it. Just live. All right. Next up is the card we've all been waiting for. We've heard this card named more times than any other card in this stream so far. Where is it? How? Why hasn't it been uh, revealed yet? Is it really that bad? It is a red herring, as in the card's name is Red Herring. It is a 7 mana 312 taunt. So another big taunt. This one for one more mana than the other one. So remember, the other one had like 10 stats and a death rattle. So it effectively is like 12 taunt as well. Uh, and this one costs one mana more. But it has an ability that the other one doesn't, which is your non-red herring minions have stealth. How much does that matter? Because remember, you're putting a 12 health taunt on the board on the same turn that you uh, that you play this. Uh, so any kind of weapons or like rush is probably not getting through anyway. But direct damage now no longer works. Yep. And it has to be like a targeted direct damage kind of thing. So, you know, if they flame yeah. strike or consecrate or something like that. Yeah, or do random, or like do uh, random. deadly shot. Yeah. Like, that'll still work. So, look, uh, C plus is okay. You know, it's it's around kind of like where the... It, it basically is the average card in your drafted deck, right? Like, is there, it's around there. It's going to be a, a C plus. So, yeah, I think it's going to be okay. I, I said this before in chat. You're going to lose to this card sometimes, like, because of the effect, and you're going to get tilted. Because you're going to be like, I lost to a freaking red herring because I couldn't target their, I don't know, whatever, like, huge generator. Um, but I don't think the times in which this card gives other cards stealth matters that often as in like mm -hmm. okay you lost was it just because of that stealth ability if it was well that sucks but probably not going to happen that often 
Yeah, and sometimes it will matter, but it's like you just saved like a 3-1 from getting pinged or something after a trade. So like, did it help? Yeah, it did help, but not that much. Like, you prevented them from spending 2 mana to kill your 3-1. Now you get to use it the next turn. Y y yay? <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it helped, right? The ability wasn't nothing, but it's not like moving the needle that much. So... It's not like the ability's worthless. I think the ability's obviously worth something because most most classes, I mean all classes through neutral cards, but also most uh, classes have their own direct damage abilities um, and you're getting rid of the ability for them to do that. But it just, the impact the vast majority of times is going to be low now, from this ability. Yeah. The taunt itself is going to be high, right? This is why we rated the same as Bog Beast, which people were surprised at how high it is. Well, Bog Beast has about the same amount of taunt as Red Herring for one less mana. So, uh, yeah, right? Like, that's that's why the, the taunt is really good, actually. Uh, 12 health on a taunt, that's, that's going to be really good. But 12 health for a taunt on a 6 mana card is going to be a lot better than 12 health for a taunt on a 7 mana card. Like, you really got to get some use out of this ability. And the reason they're rated the same is because you are going to get some use out of the Red Herring ability. It's just very rarely going to be game-deciding or, like, super good. It's going to be incremental. Yep. Okay. Now, look, if you guys just want to talk about flavor-wise, yes, this is, like, S-tier, okay? Flavor-wise, this is S-tier. I love it. I love the dumb face on this dumb fish. Uh, I, I love how it's called a red herring, and it has this effect. I love it. It's great. But mm. I don't think the actual card itself is great. Yeah. Crooked Cook is the next card. Well, I need to find it because now we move difficulties, and then whenever you move difficulties, I can't find freaking cards in Blizzard's official thing anymore. Okay, it's a two mana rare card. And this, again, we're still in C plus territory. It is a two mana, one four. At the end of your turn, if you dealt three or more damage to the enemy hero, draw a card. It's possible. On curve, it does nearly nothing. Yeah, it's that's just a two mana one four. It's way understated. You're not going to draw a card because you probably haven't dealt three damage unless you coin out a three two beforehand. Um, just not not a curve card. So it's a conditional draw card for later in the game. That is only a one four. But it is a conditional infinite draw card. Like peasants are really good for a reason. Uh, when you can have a draw, that's good. But here, this is obviously not as good as a peasant, not just because you can't play it on curve, whereas you can for a peasant, but you also have to deal three damage to the enemy hero each turn. Now, that may not seem like something that's like hard to do, and it's not hard to do, but it means you can't trade with that minion that you're spending three damage to deal. And when you don't like trade and remove stuff and whatever with your minions when you're down three tempo basically because if not more than three tempo you're down at least three tempo each turn that's that's quite a tax on your ability to one function on the board but also on your ability to protect this crooked cook so they could draw you more cards so it's got a lot of things working against it um even if it's not just like dead when you play it and it's a bad two drop Yeah, I got nothing more to say. Yep. 
Um, all right. Uh, next. Uh, okay, that's it actually for the C cards. Now we're moving on to. Uh, sorry, that's it for the C plus cards. Now we're moving on to the true C cards. These are cards that are a little bit better than a Yeti. Tiny bit better than a Yeti. And we're going to start with the uh, first card, which is a Roosting Gargoyle. Uh, Roosting Gargoyle. It is a 2-mana two 2-3. Two, Battlecry. You have a friendly beast plus 2 attack. Beasts Whoa. are around. They are around. They are actually around. Um... So, look, it's a two-drop with a small upside, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and we already established a croc was, what, like D, D plus? A D. Oh, it's a D. Okay, yeah. So, that's it. It's getting a little bit of a consideration for uh, for its effect, but yeah. These are, these are around. They're around. Um, next up is Maze Guide. Maze Guide. Only I can find. There we go. Which is a two mana one one battle cry. Summon a random two cost minion. Um, that's decent tempo for a two drop. That's it. A random two drop is like a a little bit more than a two two on average, right? Like, mm -hmm. but you don't know exactly what you're gonna get. That's that's the problem. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Sketchy Stranger, another two drop. Another common card, two mana, two, two. Battle Cry, discover a secret from another class. Uh, so it's a two mana, two, two, which is bad. It gives you a card, which is what two mana, two, two should do. And those are usually good, but the card you're getting is a secret, which is bad. Secrets on average are not good. That's the problem with it. There are good secrets, yes, but there are a lot of really bad secrets. That's a problem. So yeah, so well, you take this over a Yeti because it's you know enough utility to justify it, but it, it does have a cost. All right, next up for C is Dinner Performer. Dinner Performer is a three mana two three. Uh, another common uh, neutral. Battle cry. Summon a random minion from your deck that you can afford to play. This is such an interesting card. Oh, God, this card. Okay. So, you have to have enough mana left over after playing Dinner Performer that you can play a card from your deck. Which means unless you have zero drops in your deck, you cannot play this card on turn three. Now, after you play this card, you can still use that mana. This card doesn't use up your mana. It just is delayed, right? This delay theme that's kicking in really hard in this like whole set and in all the supporting cards in this uh, new meta that we're entering in. So if you're playing this later, you have this wide ability to roll something. Let's say you play it on like turn eight. Well, you got five mana's worth of stuff. So you can summon anything from zero mana to five mana. If you summon something that's one mana, it's kind of bad because while that may be okay as a three drop, this is not a three drop. This is a card you played on turn eight and it only summoned a one drop. That is not good. A two drop, it's still not good. A three drop, okay. Three mana for a two three and a, a three drop from your uh, from your deck. That's 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 fine. Like for the late game. Uh, but if you get a four drop, that's a win. If you get a five drop, that's really good. Um, it just 
it's a lot of RNG, and they designed the card a little too well, so that's why it's a C. Yeah, the problem with this is just you're you're just putting a cap on everything. The floor is still the same. Like you mm -hmm. you could still get the same crappy like one drop, um, but you're just putting a cap on whatever you summon out. Which look, I understand for a three mana card, you you don't you can't have it be that insane. But yeah, like the more I think about it, and I'm seeing the comments in chat as well, they're like, oh, well, you don't play on turn three, you play it a little later on, and it thins out your deck a little bit. If you're playing this card later on, like, the standard for a card that you don't play on curve and you play later on, that standard is pretty high now. Like, mm -hmm. that standard is pretty high, and the payoff should be pretty high for something that you're like, oh, man, if I play this on, like, turn seven turn eight turn nine and then you know if i do a little bit of deck manipulation and then you know now i'm thinking about my later draws as well it should be better like yeah. and that's the reason why i'm just like what, yeah, what you want to do is like play it on turn like four or five like on turn four it's good for three mana but you have to have something to do with the other mana on turn five you can just stick it with the two drop or the hero power and it's just kind of good like that's kind of when you want to play it if you have it in your hand. And again, it's just like, it's, it's such narrow ranges. Later on, you can high roll, right? But like, what have you really high rolled? Like some extra tempo, right? And yep. you can still low roll. Okay, so that's Dinner Performer. It's, it's too well designed of a card that it can't be good. <laughs> um, uh, okay, uh, let's move on to the next card. The next card is Merlocula. Merlocula is a four mana four, uh, sorry, four mana three four lifesteal card, which is not that great, but infuse four, this costs zero. Again, delayed tempo. So you just leave it in your hand, at some point four things are gonna die, and then this pops out for free. But what pops out for free? A 3-4 lifesteal. Like, late-ish in the game. That's good. But it does cost a card, too. It's not, like, totally free or anything. Eh. It's a C. I'll take it over a Yeti, but I'm not, like, excited about it. Okay. Yeah, that's it. No more comment mm. on this one. Alright, and now we get to the card we've all been waiting for. It's Muck Plumber. <laughs> Muck Plumber, 5 mana, 5-5, five, five, common, neutral, all minions cost 2 more mana. Oh man, do you guys know like how much I would have loved this card in some of my like aggro decks? Some of them. It's just such an interesting card, but like, okay... I'm curious to know if people think this is, like, too high or too low, because I can see it both ways. I can see some people saying it's too high. I can, say, I, I can see some people thinking it's too low. Um, but after I'm thinking about this, I'm like, yeah, I think it's just it's just kind of where it's supposed to be. It's a C. Yeah. Like, are you, are you, you're not happy with this in your deck, because it's a 5 mana 5-5. Five five. But you're not like it's not like going to sink your deck, right? It's like it's kind of like a yeti. Like I don't know. Um, it has a very fancy ability uh, that has a wide ranging effect depending on the situation. But you don't know the situation. You, you can't play it in the right situation. You just kind of play it and hope for the best. Yeah. Like make sure it doesn't screw yourself. But that's about it. Yep. So 
I, I think this is a card, once again, that'll frustrate you. Because <laughs> you're going to lose to this card. People will draft it. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose to this card. And it's going to have that red herring effect in which you're going to be like, oh my god, this like, like this card maybe lose the game, and it's going to be really annoying. Um, now, it looks, it looks less annoying than red herring because it doesn't have that dumb fish face staring at you. Uh, but, I don't know, it's a dumb gnome face. But, wh whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, however, I haven't heard the voice line for Muck Plumber <laughs> yet. So, you never know, okay? that could always You haven't heard the voice line for Red Herring yet, either. That's could true. Could be the best fishy sound. Uh, that's true. I'm thinking of, like, the Magikarp sound in, in, my, in my mind, but I don't know. Anyways, mm -hmm. um, I don't think much more has to be said about this one. It's just, it's one in which uh, I actually thought a, a lot about this card. I'm like, yeah, I, it's just, on average, I think it's not going to be good and also not going to be that problematic, but um, it's going to swing, like, from game to game, right? The variance yeah. is going to be high on the impact that it's going to have on that particular game, on that particular turn, with the two hands that are in play right now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, people make Mana Wraith comparisons. This is definitely better than Mana Wraith. It's a 5-mana, five 5-5, five, 2-mana, five, two 2-2. Two, two. Um, that, that's what makes it better. But it has the same effect, right? You deny your opponent the curve, maybe, but how important is the 6 curve? Maybe you make him spend 2-mana, but then if you can't kill this off, you have to spend 2. It's, it's a lot of thinking. But honestly, you can't control it. You don't know enough information... You just play it. You hope for the best. You make sure it doesn't screw you too much the next turn if it survives. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Next up, we have... What do we have? Mask Reveler. Do we know what, what, what mana cost Mask Reveler is? No. I, I do, I do uh. not. Uh, okay, Mass Reveler, there we go. It's a 6 mana, common, neutral. Again, we're in Seas now. These are a tiny bit better than Yeti. 6 mana, 4-4, four, four, Rush. Death Rattle, summon a 2-2 two, two copy of another minion in your deck. It's a random copy. If you get one with a good ability or a Death Rattle, it could be really good. Most of the time, it's going to be very whatever. Um, but that being said, it's a 4-4 four, four, Rush with a 2-2. Two, two. That's... That's something. By the way, I don't think you're showing Mass Reveler. Oh, my bad. There you go. <laughs> there you, go. you guys can figure the, out. You guys, you guys are smart enough, right? Yeah, this is like uh, this is like a fair mothership. Yes. This is a very fair mothership. Mm-hmm. This is what mothership should have been. Uh, okay. It's not much to say about Mass Reveler. Next, we're going to go with uh, Invitation Courier. So, Invitation Courier is only a C. It, like, it's normally a D. It's not a good card. But it is a C in Rogue. So, we're going to just put it here. Uh, it's a 3 mana, 3, 4. Wait, what? Hmm? What? Okay. Well, we have we uh, we uh, we have the drawing. So it's a it's a plus. You dropped off the plus, or I dropped off the plus. But it's normally a D plus, which is what what three mana three fours are. Um, but here it is a uh, it is a C in rogue because rogues have a lot of cards that generates cards from other classes. 
So the text for this card is, after a card is added to your hand from another class, copy it. Which is really good if you're able to generate cards from another class. Yep. That's it. Doesn't even mm -hmm. have a tag on it. Yep. Precess thief cards. Precess thief cards. Uh, so okay. So but uh, yeah, maybe it, it'll also be a C, like a lower C than rogue. Rogues have uh, more guaranteed other class cards. Priests, you kind of have to go with like luck of the draw, right? Um, so yeah, I can see priest also uh, also being a C. Okay, sounds good. Um, all right, and then uh, finally for C's we have Fieldtar. Fieldtar. The Mad Duke is a legendary card. It is our last legendary card, um, and it is a C. It's a 4-mana 3-3. Battlecry, discover a card in each player's hand and swap them. Alright, this is a card that I like. Alright, Murps the Hater. Uh, I like this card. The reason I like this card is just because I think the meta has kept trending towards... I understand we have a new meta, it's different. But it's kept trending towards this, like, okay, um, big swing card, like, you know, there are big win conditions. And once again, I understand Colossus are out, etc., etc. I just think that's the way that, that the game is trending. And I understand. With this card, you don't get a net positive in cards. What you're getting is a quality improvement in your card. But what I think it does is it potentially takes away your opponent's win, like big win card, whatever it might be, right? For this meta, it could be like a puzzle box, for example, something like that, something that they've saved for a while and potentially, or actually just does win them the game, right? And I think there's a lot of value to that. So I think it is a little bit higher than it is. I don't think it really matters in the end with these legendaries, like whether we call it like a C or a whatever, but I like this, and that is the reason why I like it. Yeah, I mean, we have it as a, as a C, and it's doing quite a lot of work because a 4 mana 3 3 is beyond trash. A 4 mana 3 3 that doesn't give you much card advantage is, is unbelievably trashy F tier cards. But it's a C, it's better than a Yeti. Because this ability of swapping a card with your opponent is uh, is quite good. Uh, it's game-winning in some situations. But how frequently those situations trigger and how long this card remains a dead card in your hand is what's hurting it. Because this can absolutely win you the game. And it is not often a card rated C can win you the game. Very infrequently. Like You, you saw all the other cards that we're talking about in the C tier. None of them will ever win you the game. This card can win you the game. That's why it's a legendary. But it happens maybe a quarter of the time, maybe a third of the time, and you have a dead card the whole time otherwise. Like, there will be a number of games. This is like the Yasera problem, right? Like, there will be a number of games where it's just a dead card in your hand, and then you either win or lose uh, the game. And Yasera didn't really do anything. Uh, Theotar is not going to do anything for the majority of your games. But sometimes it's going to do something, and it's going to win you the game. And you just have to figure out, like, and really pay attention to when it's losing you the game because it's not doing anything. Um, and someone in chat asked, do you play this on curve? No, you never play this on curve. This is Yasera. You just hold it into your hand, you wait until your opponent only has three cards left, and then you play it. Because you want to make sure you get rid of their bomb. That's, that's the whole point of the card. The card is super, super terrible if you're actually rolling the dice on whether your opponent has the bomb in their hand by turn four. 
and then you happen to like have one of your like three cards roll into that bomb like no 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 you don't play this card on turn four unless you have nothing else to do um but yeah uh that's uh that's steel toe the matt duke i love the design i love the design i just don't think it's going to be that powerful uh in, in arena uh, most of the time and, and there's also the case where your opponent sometimes just has two bombs and so this card doesn't matter anyway so even when your opponent has a bomb it doesn't mean that uh this card is going to actually win you the game right yep so it's that it's that range like keep keep a lookout for these cards right these cards that look like they have the insanely huge effects like Ysera or whatever like how many like how often are they actually winning me the game that I wouldn't have won otherwise and how often does having a dead card in my hand for X number of turns has really hurt me in this game alright that is it for the C tier cards uh, let's move on to D plus next we are on to the D plus territory these should go quick because they're not particularly. I'm just gonna let you do your thing, and then okay. like unless unless I them. find something super interesting, like but a lot mm -hmm. of these are not interesting. First one, volatile skeleton, two mana, two two, common neutral, death rattle, deal two damage to a random enemy. Random enemy, not random enemy minion, makes it super erratic, super volatile, you might say. Ah. Uh, but remember this card because mages are gonna do a lot of crap with this card. I had to redo all the mage cards because I thought mages were just doing two twos. And I was like, why do all the mage cards suck? But no, there's so many volatile skeletons, which are this particular card. But yeah, but as an independent card in neutral, it's, it's not so great. It's a D plus. Now, I mean, Crocs are D plus too, right? So it's not like undraftable. It's just bad. Uh, another D plus card is Creepy Painting. Creepy Painting is a three mana zero six. After another minion dies, become a copy of it. This is a very interesting card. It is very difficult to play, but you can think of it as kind of a weird version of like Faceless, right? For like a mana cheaper, but requiring you to do more work. Um, and Faceless is not good. If you guys were wondering where Faceless will be rated like these days, Faceless is probably like a D plus itself, maybe a C, like a low C. So. Creepy Painting is even worse than, than Faceless. Um, and you can't just play it, by the way. If you're thinking, oh, it's not a battle cry, you could just play it. No. Then your opponent kills something that's small of yours, or you can never play a small thing, or your opponent just kills the 06. Like, you never just play it on empty, but like, on a, like without having the trade on the same turn. Unless you're super desperate, right? Um, so yeah. Creepy Painting. Next up is Scuttlebutt Ghoul. Scuttlebutt Ghoul. Where are you? Really, where is Scuttlebutt Ghoul? It, okay, it is a 4 mana, 2, 5 taunt. That is a common neutral. Uh, Battlecry, if you control a secret, summon a copy of this. So, for the secret class, like 2, four, two 5 taunts are terrible, obviously. You know, nothing more needs to be said about that. But if you are a secret class, a class with secrets, and you can play it with a secret, two two five taunts are actually only just kind of bad, rather than being absolutely bad. Uh, if you get it on curve, that's a win, super win. But you probably won't be able to get it on curve. You can just play it on the same turn. It's still very good uh, tempo, very good protection. 
it also uh, synergizes with a lot of secrets, actually. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Um, next up are the D tier cards. So that was all that was D plus tier. We're now going to the D tier cards. The first D tier card is Steam Cleaner. This one's a rare card, five mana, five, five mech. Battlecry, destroy all cards in both players' decks that did not start there. I mean, it's pretty much just a five, five with five mana, which is why it's a D. Ashen Elemental is the next D tier card. Ashen Elemental is a 3-mana 2-4. Battlecry, whenever your opponent draws a card next turn, they take 2 damage. So, um, I mean, it's a 3-mana 2-4, it's epic, the D, deals a little face damage. Discourages right. more card drawing unless they can kill a 2-4, but that's not possible. <laughs> Uh, okay, next one. Demolition Renovator. Uh, this one's another epic card. It's a 4 mana 4-4. Four, four. Battlecry, destroy an enemy location. Um, is this how we're going to do it? Just like hate cards? Is, is, is this it? I, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, so, destroy an enemy location is actually... Like, it actually does something, because enemy locations tend to hang around for a while, but keep in mind, you're not actually, like, destroy... It's not the same as, like, destroy a beast or whatever, because your opponent's probably using the location the first turn it gets played. So you're only destroying, like, half the value at most of the location. It's like destroy a weapon, right? Um, and you know what happens with weapon removal cards? Like, say, Acetic Swampoos, which is not all that great of a card anymore. They have normal stats. This one lost a stat. Why? I don't know. Maybe, like, Blizzard just really did not want hate location to, like, be a real thing. Um, and, like, all classes only have one location card anyway. So, if you're even thinking about it in construction purpose, eh, maybe they could, like, you know, duplicate cards or, like, discover cards or whatever. But, like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't really understand it, but it's a D in Arena. Um, not totally unpickable, but, but bad. Okay. And finally, there's one final card that is neutral in the set. It is a F plus. It escaped being an F just barely. It is Sinstone Totem. It is a one mana zero three totem. At the end of your turn, gain plus one health. So the C, like almost all cards that don't do anything, are like Fs. But this one's actually an F plus because you can actually synergize this with stuff. Like your opponent actually does kind of want to remove this off the board. Because at some point, you, you may buff this. And then it actually becomes kind of insanely good for one mana. And if you just let it hang out, it will eventually get buffed. It's like an egg, right? Like, eggs aren't Fs. They're like F pluses. And in the right decks, they're better than that. Cool. Okay. So these are the, uh, the neutrals. Right. Mm-hmm. These are all the neutrals. Um, like... This set, the neutrals are very neutral. You know what I mean? Maybe. Like, like they're very like vanilla. Like we have a lot of creativity happening uh, on neutrals, but, but like there's no like night captain, right? Like the neutrals kind of all stay in there. Like even if they're very powerful, and even if their flavor is good, 
they're all just like doing normal stuff. Like Sin Runner is super powerful, but it's just a removal and a death rattle. We've seen that before. Stoneborn General, that's just you know two two rushes, one trapped in a death rattle. Famished Fool is just drawing cards, literally. Like Infuse is like a weird version of this corrupted mechanic uh, that we've already seen before. Like it's all just kind of normal, like very flavorful. But the actual effects when you break down to it are all pretty normal. That's my take on this set. Okay, yeah. Um, there's definitely some power here, right? Like, there's definitely some mm -hmm. power here. You're definitely going to see the power level shine through, especially with the old sets. But I agree. I mean, it's nothing super fancy. I, I think that's what you mean, right? Yes, like, yes. There's it's not fancy. Super... It's powerful, but not fancy. Yes, there's nothing super fancy with it. So, yeah, I'll agree with you there. All right. Um... So yeah, uh, that's it for for the neutrals. We'll move on to the classes next. Um, do you want to give out some uh, some shoutouts? Yes. Uh, well, now got a shout out. Play Hearthstone. Wow, Hearthstone, uh, and Blizzard for actually giving us codes. Thank you, thank you to uh, Blizzard for giving us codes. Uh, I think I'm not, you know knock on wood. I think that arena is moving in a good direction with Matt London and this like new communication and everything. But uh, this is the first time that we're shouting out Blizzard because they gave us codes. Wow. Wow. So thank you. Blizzard. Uh, yeah, thank you Blizzard for giving us codes. Um, and, and I want to just like uh, thank again uh, Matt London and the team for just putting like the, I think the community has a good amount of faith in them to do stuff. And that they're going to do it, like, more right than wrong. And that's the first time that's happened. Uh, because right now, in a normal preview stream, we will be freaking the F out at the fact that Sin Runner is in the game. They're printing Stoneborn General. Famish Fool even would, like, make us, you know, do more than raise an eyebrow. And Insatiable Devourer will probably not be preemptively banned. And we would be like, oh, it's going to be a terrible meta for the first whatever, and then it'll get banned. Well, Insatiable Devourer is preemptively banned. We didn't have to wait and see like we did before. Like, think uh, Lieutenant. Abominable Lieutenant was in the game for a bit. Uh, and it was terrible. And then they eventually banned it, because we all knew that it had to be banned. Um, uh, it's, it's the watch post was in the game, right? Like, these cards are in the game. Now we don't have to deal with that, at least for Insatiable Devourer. Now we still have to deal with it for Sin Runner and Stoneborn General and Famish Fool Asterisk, uh, but at least Stoneborn General and Sin Runner. Um, but they're probably going to get nerfed on offering rates pretty quickly, if not banned in the arena. So that's, uh, and I think with the nerf and offering rates, especially with how severe they do some of these, you don't really need to ban these cards. You kind of just, like, make them epic, right? And then you're good to go. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so we're not freaking out. We're pretty confident this is what's gonna happen. Like, we're still secure in our predictions that these cards are gonna be problematic, but we are also pretty sure that if they are problematic, they will be dealt with swiftly. So, it's now okay to have really powerful cards in common and rare. Because they will be dealt with swiftly. Hopefully much more swiftly than how, say, Mothership was dealt with. But, you know, we're, we're, we're hopefully picking up the speed on, on dealing with these problematic cards. Uh, so we'll see what happens in this new meta. But uh, it's going to start out bad. It's going to start out bad because Sin Runner and Stoneboard General are things. And because the meta is set up in a way that you will always get to them. Yep. I mean, Sin Runner every meta will get to. But Stoneboard General you will get to in most of your games. 
at 10 mana. And, and everyone's going to have it because the offering rate's insane for a neutral common uh, in, in the new set. And it'll be your Stoneborn General, their Stoneborn General, who's Stoneborn Generally more than the other Stoneborn General. Like, a Stoneborn General is like four cards, at least. It's probably like five cards if you're talking about Yeti-level cards. And so, uh, you don't have to play Sprint to have that massive, like, card advantage. Um, and uh, and that's going to decide a lot of those, like, who wins at the end and actually runs out of cards. Okay. That's it. All right. We will do classes next. Until uh, then, uh, this is Abukta. This is Murps. See ya. <laughs> Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.